like there used to be a ceiling fan in here with a with the rock stickers on it. Cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you move that into your bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. The whole ceiling fan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was, was rocking. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, well, we're we're rolling. Should we uh, should we get started? Should we get into show mode? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, whose turn is it? I think yours. It's uh, 2002, The Film Odyssey, where we explore the films of 2002. Uh, I'll, wow. I'll take it from here, Travis. <laughs> All right. Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you calm down, okay? Yeah. You haven't even been introduced yet. Uh, yes, hello, welcome to 2002, A Film Odyssey, the podcast where films are discussed, specifically the films of the year 2002. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. What's up? And, uh, I think our, uh, listeners are in for a treat with this episode, Right. Because we not only have a really big movie to talk about, but we are joined by a very special guest, uh, someone who has been referenced on pretty much every single episode of the show. Probably everyone. Yeah. If, if not everyone, pretty much every every episode. <laughs> well, he's our, uh, he's our Wednesday night movie night uh, third amigo. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, we've seen a lot of movies together. Dear friend of ours, uh, my oldest friend, uh, Travis Ledbetter is here with us. Hey everybody, it's the moment you all have been waiting for. <laughs> Finally get some uh, good opinions on here. Uh, it's a 2002 flicks. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, so the big movie that uh, I just mentioned is... Collateral Damage. Collateral Damage. The... Uh, Andrew Davis, Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Uh, delayed because of 9-11, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, a lot, lot to talk about with this movie. Big star, big director. Uh, eh. Well, I would eh. say a big director. <laughs> At one time, was probably a big director. This was on the clear, like, downslope of his career, though. And now he just, like, doesn't do anything at all, which yeah. is strange. Because he's still alive. Like, I thought he might be dead. You know, just like one of those random directors who died in, like, 2012 or something. Yeah. Or died in 2020 because they got COVID or something. Right. But, but he, no, he's still He's, he's still, still going. Yeah. He I, just, thought, I thought he died. Uh, oh, you did? No, he's still alive. Yeah, he just he's, doesn't doesn't do much. Yeah. Uh, he, I think, did, a, like, a documentary either this year or last year. Yeah. Um, and it's... Not a big documentary at all. It doesn't look like it has a lot of funding. And it may... It could even be like an IMDb error. It could be some other Andrew Davis or something and it just got falsely attributed to him. Um, but there is something on his IMDb. But that's about it since, what, The Guardian? Yeah. Andrew Davis, I think that was his last movie, The Guardian. Yeah, which was 2006. Yeah. Uh, long time ago at this point. Um but yeah, a lot to talk about, and very interesting backstory, as you said. It was delayed because of, you know, certain tragedies. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. everyone that fell yeah. on 9-11. On mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, 
this is, I just realized, the first episode where we're really going to be getting into the kind of the industry aftermath of 9-11. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we could even contextually just kind of like what a strange time in the world it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, because everyone was very sensitive uh-huh. about things that don't matter at all. Like, I mean, I know like people say that kind of shit about like cancel culture and wokeness and stuff now, like how like, oh, people are all up in arms about like pronouns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, in, like, September 2001, they wouldn't play, like, Rage Against the Machine songs on the radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, that's how weird of a time it was. And yeah. I don't I don't know if a lot of people that may be under a certain age could even fathom that kind of mm-hmm. context. Right. Yeah. I think people that we know that might be from, like, a later generation might not remember those things very well or mm-hmm. you know extreme nationalism with the flags everywhere you see there's right. cars with the flags freedom fries for crying yeah. out loud yeah, that was fries. a real thing like that sounds like a stupid snl sketch or something mm-hmm. like like some bozo patriot like like oh no they're freedom fries but that was real <laughs> like that actually yeah. existed places yeah Toby Keith songs were huge <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my all-time favorite like any things is that Ethan Hawke story about mm. Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was just like, he, he fucking hated Toby Keith. And what did, what did he say? Like, uh, Well, yeah. So it was, it was something about finger fucking, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like it was... Um, going to finger fuck Toby Keith? It was a story <laughs> no. that uh, Ethan Hawke wrote for Rolling Stone, right? Where he was kind of recounting this... Uh, was it Willie Nelson's birthday party or a, something like it that? It was a birthday concert. For birthday Willie concert Nelson. for yeah for Willie and uh, I think Toby Keith like walked past Chris Christopherson was like something like hey none of that lefty shit out yeah. there Chris <laughs> yeah. and then uh, I can't remember exactly what was said but I think Chris Christopherson like took him down a few pegs. Uh, yeah, he definitely yeah. did. Uh, but then. Uh, there was something about like pantyhose and <laughs> finger fucking. There was, some was something that quip I, that he had that uh, I could totally believe that Chris Christopherson would have said. And I know Toby Keith like denied that that incident ever took place. Well, of course, because yeah. it makes him look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy's blade is a backup, so I don't know if I'd want to. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, he said they're doing the country music what pantyhose did to finger fucking. That's yeah, what that's it was. Right. Yeah. Which is just like an incredible line mm-hmm. for someone to like say out yeah. loud, especially Chris Christopherson, who <laughs> clearly rules. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's but yeah. Toby Keith. He's a big deal then. Yeah. But yeah, that time period, pretty interesting time. Um, but I think we'll we'll get into it. Okay. Uh, when we start to get into collateral damage and you know, it's uh it's like post-production uh, backstory, um, but like we do on every episode, we always relax a little bit. Um, we chill out. Oh yeah, that's right. We chill out. out. Oh, don't say. It. Oh yeah, that's. Oh, right. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Uh, 
yeah, so uh, we talk about things that we've watched recently. Uh, who wants to go first? Well, Travis is our guest. Yeah. What have you watched? What have recently? you seen lately, uh, Travis? I've been watching some like true crime stuff on Netflix. Like mm-hmm. I, I saw uh, the Tinder Swindler. That was pretty interesting. Mm. It's uh, some guy who's like a, a scam artist who scammed a ton of women in Europe because mm. okay. um, he was a good-looking dude on Tinder, but he scammed them out of like hundreds of thousands of dollars hmm. all around the world. It was pretty interesting. Hmm. I hadn't heard of that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. You should check it out. Um, I watched uh, The 24 Faces of Billy Mulligan. It's like a, a murderer who has like multiple personality disorder. Mm. So it was pretty crazy. Like He legit had it. And it's a documentary? Or yeah, it's a documentary. Oh, okay. And then other than that, just like, uh, I just started Reacher, the Amazon show. Mm-hmm. Which oh, yeah, Reacher. that guy's fucking huge. I've yeah. seen those pictures, <laughs> and it's so funny, especially compared to the Tom Cruise Jack Reacher, <laughs> because Tom Cruise is such a, a, a whittle bit guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that it, it looks so strange. Um, but that is how that character's supposed to be, right? Yeah, like, in the books, they, he's huge, right. apparently. Okay. But they couldn't pass up on Tom Cruise because it's Tom Cruise. Right. And also, the, the first Jack Reacher movie is good. Yeah, the second one's is terrible. The, I've heard it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. The second one is real bad. Yeah, I think, first one's great. I think though. we saw it together. Yeah. What made the second one so much worse than the first one? Because I never saw it. I always just assumed it was kind of like more of the same and like probably all right. Um, If I remember right, it was... PG-13, whereas oh. the first one was rated R. Um, so I mean, I the first one has, like, fucking, uh, what's his name in it? Werner Herzog? Werner Herzog, yeah. yeah. Like, Which is why I think the first one's better. Cool movie, yeah. Yeah, the second one was kind of slow, and, mm. like, they get into stuff you just don't really seem to care about. The Jack Reacher, like, backstory or whatever. Yeah. Which yeah. is exactly what I don't ever want to know about, like, those kinds of guys. Like, just... They're just, like, weird cosmic forces. Like, just let them be that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we need to know anything about where Jack Reacher came from or anything like that. And, uh, but I'm unfamiliar with the actor who plays uh, Jack Reacher on the TV show. Uh, I know he was on, like, Blue Mountain State, which was, like, a sitcom. Like, a football sitcom oh, yeah. for a few years. Mm-hmm. I think... That's the only credit I remember reading about the other, like, the other day when I was looking up yeah. the new show. Um, I, I don't know him either. I've just seen, like, you know, production stills, and the guy's, like, fucking massive. Right. And then there, there was also something with, like, was it Harlan Coben, the guy that writes that? hmm Yeah, it was, like, him talking about, like, the size difference between yeah. Tom Cruise and the new guy, and, like... Yeah, Alan... Why... Alan Rich Richson, is that his name? Yeah, Richson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the new guy looks like J.J. Watt or something. He's a yeah, breakout. he's huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, got to be like six six at least. Yeah. Or at least that's what he looks in comparison to everyone else. Yeah, I was going through like I was going down a, an odd rabbit hole recently where I I was kind of curious what um, uh, the guy who directed Pool Hall Junkies. Um, Mars Callahan. Yeah, Mars Callahan, what he was up to. <laughs> Sounds like a car salesman. <laughs> Mars Callahan. Uh, uh, not much, I don't think. No, I was like, Is man, it like what, plays? Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, so he, that would make sense, I think, but I don't, I don't know if he started doing plays. But he did a movie called, uh, 
I've looked up Mars Callahan in like yeah. the last, I don't know, five to ten years. Yeah. And, and just, just out of same curiosity <laughs> that probably led you there. Uh, it was called Spring Break 83, and mm. uh, it was directed by, directed and written by Mars Callahan and starring that guy, Alan Richardson. Okay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, is that the guy, is that the Jack Reacher guy? And sure enough, it was. So that's that cool story. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, good for Mars Callahan, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that's another weird thing is that, like, there was a time when a guy like Mars Callahan, who is mm-hmm. not really anybody in the industry, could just, like, get to write and direct his own movie yeah. and, like, cast real stars in it and stuff, right. like Chaz Palminteri and, what, Christopher Walken? Is he yeah. in that? And yeah. uh, Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah, I think he's in it. Yeah. From Smallville? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lex Luthor? Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen that since theaters, but... Uh, it would make sense that you thought that 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 Mars Callahan, Callahan would have gone on to direct plays because that was kind of like, sort of a David Mamet, yeah thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I think that's just kind of what I assumed he went on to do, yeah. like local theater or somewhere. Right. But. but yeah, he did a movie with that guy with the new Jack Reacher. All right. Mm-hmm. So do you like the new Jack Reacher? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm only a couple episodes in. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's not as good as Jack Ryan, mm-hmm. but I mean, so far... Jack like, Ryan the show. Right? Yeah, Jack yeah. Ryan the show, not yeah. like the collection of movies. Or, uh, the one, the, the last movie was just called Jack Ryan, right? Shadow Recruit, I think. Jack Ryan and Shadow Recruit? Yeah, with yeah. Costner and, uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's not as good as that, but, I mean, it's been okay so far. I'll, I'll give it a couple more episodes and see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it did sort of, I admittedly catch my eye a little bit, being a Bosch boy, because it just kind of reminded <laughs> me a little bit of Bosch. Well, so, Bosch boy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't wait for that Bosch spinoff to, to happen at some point, which is... Funny because it's just basically Bosch, but now he's not a, now he's not a cop anymore. He's like a private investigator. <laughs> but really otherwise, it's the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm great with that. I'm, I'm cool with any any Bosch I can, you know, any Bosch I yeah. can get. It's not like they're going down like a Lincoln lawyer trail or something. Like it's basically just Boshing it. Yeah. With a new job. It's basically just an, another season, right? Uh, yeah. I think some of the cast is not going to be back though. Yeah. Like. Uh, probably like his superiors and stuff at the LAPD, who he of course frequently got into spats with over yeah. uh, over uh, jurisdiction yeah. and the law. Yeah. But uh, red tape. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I should probably watch Bosch at some point. I I I know you would love it if you if you gave it a shot because it's I I know the kind of stuff that you like, mm-hmm. um, and it's. All of that stuff. I mean, it's a it's a TV show, so it's of course not the production values and stuff aren't as high as like a movie, but it is it is definitely in that like stupid cop genre yeah. that of like the cop who doesn't quite play by the rules kind mm-hmm. of thing. And and I know you eat that up like catnip. So <laughs> I mean, I did watch every episode of uh, Twenty Four. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure will come up again in this uh, conversation once we get into collateral damage. 
Oh yeah, that was yeah. another. That was a big. Uh, well, when did twenty four start? Twenty four start. Twenty four started in two thousand one. Um, I believe, like I think September. Oh yeah! Oh, wow. wow. Uh, I didn't look that up before we, you know, started recording. But I think yeah, I think it started like September of two thousand one. Uh, or it might have been like maybe they had to push it back. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, November. November. Yeah, I think they. That's probably something that they had to push back. Mm-hmm. Oh, rewrites. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, definitely, well, definitely an interesting show for the climate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting show altogether. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never watched it. Uh, uh, I would say uh, it's a blast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, uh, I don't know. The ideology of that show I would describe as uh, oh, I... m- muddled. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, all, all those cop shows are things which kind of brings me into actually what i i watched recently mm-hmm. um like are ideologically like not sound like they're bad <laughs> like they're cops who like break rules and stuff yeah to get convictions based on like gut feelings most of the time right um which is funny because i actually watched sudden impact mm-hmm Dirty Harry 4 Classic. again the other day. Yeah. That movie's actually pretty good. I, uh, yeah. I used to not really like it because um, it's like the, the 80s Dirty Harry. Yeah. Uh, Once it gets to the 80s, it's not as cool as the. Yeah. I mean, it even opens with like this like kind of shitty like synthy funk song like over the yeah. credits, which is funny to imagine in a Dirty Harry movie. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, the score is still uh, Lalo. Lalo. Yeah, yeah, it is. Most but of the just mu- most of the music is fine. Yeah, but the opening credits and then I believe the closing credits are like kind of more standard sounding '80s soundtrack yeah. stuff, which is kind of weird. Like a hair, like a helicopter aerial shot yeah. of the the aftermath of the showdown and oh, some yeah, like yeah. cheesy sax. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie's kind of good though. Like, it's so funny because it's a movie about like rape mm-hmm. by '80s Clint Eastwood, and you just would assume, oh, it's got to be the most offensive movie mm-hmm. ever made because yeah. I can't think of anyone like. <laughs> less equipped to make a movie that says anything interesting about like rape than uh-huh. 80s Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Um but I mean it, it's not like you know infallible in that regard but like I thought it was a surprisingly uh surprisingly pretty decent uh it's a little it's a little scuzzy of course like mm-hmm. in, in that kind of like grimy grimy subgenre of like rape revenge movies mm-hmm. that were like big in exploitation stuff in the 70s yeah, yeah um, I, I haven't seen it but when you when you said that I, I pictured like Clint Eastwood calling them like sugar tits or like toots or well, something like that he, <laughs> Sweet he was that kind of guy for sure um if you ever look up just I mean this is just a general thing for anyone to do at some point 
But, like, just Google, like, Clint Eastwood's opinion on, like, Jews in Hollywood mm. and his I quotes. Don't, I don't think I want to do no, that. No, it's it, not it's good. It's going to be troublesome. Yeah, it's not good. Like, it's <laughs> surprise. Like, he's, a, he's very much a, a problematic fave for me <laughs> because I am drawn to him as a movie star, but, like, mm. he's a pretty well-known piece of shit. Like, and, and, and like... Sandra Locke is in uh, Sudden Impact, mm-hmm. and she's actually really good in that movie. Yeah. Um, and he basically ruined her life, like, in real life. Like, he's an awful person. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's it's an interesting movie. Of course, you know, watching it, you, you just... Uh, you have to be smart enough to, <laughs> to not, like, think, oh, this is good, solid yeah. uh, police work here. I mean, I love the Dirty Harrys, but yeah. it's not like I love what Dirty Harry stands for. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and, and the Dirty Harry series is interesting, too, because they're ideologically, even themselves, all over the place. Like, mm. the first one got a lot of criticism for, like, vigilante justice and stuff like yeah. that, obviously. Right. Uh, then the second one is, like, kind of response to that, where it's, like him taking down dirty cops yeah so it's like anti-vigilanteism right and then the third one it's like dirty harry says fuck you to the entire left wing like Mm -hmm. that's like all that movie (laughs) is like everyone everyone who's like not white is bad basically in that movie and and then it's also he's got like tyne daly i think as Mm -hmm. his as his partner and she's a woman and it's all about him like pushing back against like a woman being in the <laughs> yeah. force and stuff like that. I, I think the third one's my least favorite uh, of all the Dirty Harrys. The fourth one is is the rape one, mm-hmm. uh, which he directed. It's the only one he directed, yeah. um, which I actually think is maybe my second favorite in the series. Uh, I don't it, know. It's probably my third. I like... Uh, I like the first one probably the best, and then yeah. I also like Magnum Force quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would probably go the first one, well, no, definitely go the first one, maybe Magnum Force, maybe Sudden Impact, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I know you, you have a soft spot for the Deadpool, though, which is the fifth one, with yeah. Jim Carrey. The Deadpool is cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's watchable. Uh, <laughs> that's that's about uh, as far as I would go with it. I mean, all podcast listeners know Andrew's a huge Deadpool fan. I mean, famously, yeah. Yeah. The, looky, looky. The, looky, the, looky. the Deadpool, the Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, have you seen the Deadpool, the uh, Dirty Harry movie? No, I've seen all the other Deadpools, but not the Deadpool. <laughs> not the Deadpool. Yeah. It does sound like it could be like the third one in that series, yeah. the Deadpool. Yeah. Um, um, Jim Carrey's in the fifth Dirty Harry movie. Like Rubber Deadpool. Face, <laughs> he plays like he gets murdered. Like uh, spoiler alert, like yeah, pretty early he, in the movie. He's like an actor who is in like a like a low budget horror movie directed by a horror director played by Liam Neeson. Oh wow, uh, Liam Neeson's the bad guy. The stacked cast <laughs> on the Deadpool, but in the scene, stacked in more ways than one. <laughs> oh, Talking yeah. Liam. <laughs> In episodes in a row, little Evian callback. In the scene in the movie that Liam Neeson's directing, uh, Jim Carrey lip syncs "Welcome to the Jungle." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's like one of the 
the only things I really remember about the uh, Deadpool. Yeah, it's pretty memorable. It's burned into ten-year-old Andrew's head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, did you see that movie when you were that young? Uh, no, I didn't see that one until later. Uh, but I did, uh, as Travis knows, m- make it uh, my mission as a young person to see every Jim Carrey movie. But that's one that I didn't see until a little later. But a lot of his movies I saw when I was like elementary school age. Did you make it to the ski rental one? Copper Mountain? Mm, that's another one that I don't think I saw until later. Copper Mountain was really hard to track down. Yeah, it was hard to find. Uh, yeah. mm. uh, like the I think the movie that I mentioned when we talked about uh, Kung Pao, because um, it was directed by Steve Odekirk, uh, High Strung, that one I had to order <laughs> from my local Suncoast. Cool. Yeah. So. R.I.P. Suncoast? Yeah, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Uh, Copper Mountain might be one of the worst and most forgettable movies that I also happen <laughs> to talk about like pretty often. <laughs> like it's like forty five minutes and it's basically yeah. just an ad for Club Med ski resorts, mm-hmm. and uh, I still have conversations with people about that movie all the time. Mostly just like telling them like, "Hey, do you know there's this weird forty five minute Jim Carrey movie <laughs> about a ski resort?" <laughs> And they're always like, no, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let me tell you about it. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember if it had, like, a plot. Uh, barely does. He's, like, a comedian, and he's, like, <laughs> doing shows on the resort, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, but mostly it's just, like, him, like, taking in all the amenities of the resort. Like, it really is, like, an ad for the resort. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, wow, you got great jacuzzis and, yeah. and slopes here. Yeah. <laughs> all I really... Babes. All I really remember about that movie is that scene where they're, like, on the ski lift, and uh, he's, like, having a conversation with his buddy, and it's just, like, extreme close-ups of his face. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, very, like, amateur filmmaking. (laughs) Just, like... Oh, yeah. Just, like, big close-ups of Jim Carrey's face. Maybe I'll watch it on uh, Daily Motion tonight. Yeah. It's... It's uploaded by someone to Daily Motion because I I know that because I sent the link to somebody because I told you I have conversations about this yeah. with people all the time. Um. So uh, have you guys watched anything else recently? Uh, we watched The Rocket Heat together. Well, uh, yeah. So I think on the last episode we mentioned that we were about to go see uh, Heat and The Rock mm-hmm. in theaters, uh, but. Uh, I unfortunately couldn't make it to Heat, so you guys saw Heat, uh, and then I came uh, during the, you know, like the intermission while you guys were grabbing food, and then we all went to see The Rock together. Um, so I just saw The Rock, um, and you know, it holds up. Yeah, I mean, it's the greatest action movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I stand for that, I stay by it. Yeah. I'm the biggest Rock fan on the planet. Yeah. Not the wrestler of the movie. Right. Uh, of course, because Andrew is the biggest rock fan, the rest of the <laughs> planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the rock's a really good time. Um, yeah, it was great to see it on the big screen again. It was cool. I, I did, I did notice, because we, Travis and I saw Heat right before it, obviously, mm-hmm. and Heat is a movie that's, like, pretty recently in the last couple of years gotten, like, a nice 4K... Mm-hmm. Rescan and they, you know, has like the new color grading from Michael Mann, which is controversial among fans of that movie. Like some people love it, some people hate it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I did notice that like The Rock is a movie that could use some love. Like it didn't it didn't look as good as Heat mm. on the big screen. Like it would be cool to see that movie get like a nice 4K edition and you know really mm-hmm. get the remaster treatment from Disney who owns the rights to it. Disney has like a weird relationship with like physical media and stuff though. Like they definitely seem much more focused on their streaming service Disney Plus than they do on like releasing cool editions on Blu-ray or 4K. Yeah, because I had to buy the Mighty Ducks at like $35 a piece off <laughs> Disney Club. Oh, right. Those are the ones that are like only available if you order them specifically, right? Yeah, like, and they have no features. It's just the movie. Yeah. And same thing with Cool Runnings. Yeah. It's basically like the Disney archives or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Bare bones. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree The Rock does need a 4K and some special editions. I would... Yeah. Greatly appreciate it, Disney, if you're listening. It's <laughs> well, what would they, also if you're listening, send me a million dollars. What are you doing? What would the special edition of The Rock be called? Do you remember like when all the like yeah. all special editions had like a, a funny name? I Holy Schnikes edition. The Holy Schnikes edition for Should, Tommy Boy. Didn't that like the poster have like cock locked and ready to rock or whatever? That I don't know. You may have just made that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like they have a poster where it, like. Like uh, three. I'll, I'll find maybe. it. Maybe. You might be right. Yeah. The, I think it might have been other countries so or something. The cock locked and ready to rock edition. Yeah. That, yeah. like, uh, yeah. the quote from the the one guy, the last guy that dies. Oh, right. Yeah. Or uh, the Don't Call Me Shirley edition. Oh, yeah. That was another one. Carlos Prong Queen edition. Oh, there you go. There we go. Uh, He's yeah. got a fucking water pistol edition. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so The Rock was a lot of fun to see on the big screen. I was I was pleased with that. On um, the big screen, did you guys notice how bad the stunt doubles were? Yeah, that was, I think, the big <laughs> takeaway for me that time, is that, uh, uh, yeah, Connery and Cage's stunt doubles looked uh, noticeable. Yeah. yeah, really bad. I think yeah. John Spencer's had, like, completely jet black hair. Oh, yeah, and John Spencer when he's <laughs> hanging off the side of the, the Fairmont. Yeah, that looked... <laughs> I had to look it up. My favorite of all those stupid editions was not even a movie I've ever seen, but 9 to 5, the Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was the sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical, bigot edition. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. (laughs) Very catchy. Well, getting juice in the hood. (laughs) Yeah. It's such an absurd name for, like, a special edition. Also, those are all bad things. And you want (laughs) special edition to be, like, a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you'd have to, like, know that that's a line from the movie to know what it's referring to right of course like obviously i could figure that out and i think mm-hmm. most people probably could if they <laughs> even sort of knew what that movie is about yeah but it's still just a, a weird uh, association like holy shnikes is like an exclamatory and that yeah. makes sense it sounds stupid uh-huh. don't call me Shirley edition makes no sense well, unless you've seen the movie. Well, no, no, no. I, I know the, the, the like people. <laughs> oh, most people are going to get right. the joke. But yeah. In terms of like a special edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't make sense. Right. Like, what does that like? What does that mean in this context? And it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe there will be one for The Rock one of these days. I mean, they haven't even done anything to the Blu-ray. It's just that old one that first came out. Yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten a remaster. Yeah. 
Uh, and even the old DVD, the non-Criterion one, uh, I, I know this for a very recent reason, um, but it's like, it's formatted for, it's like formatted for full screen TVs, but it's widescreen. So if you play it on a new TV, it's got like bars on both the side <laughs> and the top. Because oh it, yeah, no, I remember Because it's that. a very old DVD. Yeah. 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 Um. Great, uh, great bloopers though for The Rock. <laughs> you mean Ed Harris, like uh, insanely pissed? The and most serious? intense outtakes I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Ed Harris, like flubbing his lines and like throwing props across the room, like slamming that phone, like he couldn't get the the lines quite right, and uh, he just like kept picking up his prop phone and slamming it on the table. And, uh, and then there was like, I'm assuming a crew member, like maybe smoking nearby and he like chewed him out. But, uh, yeah, great, great blooper. Yeah, don't mess with Ed Harris. No. It paid off in the end though. Great Ed Harris performance in mm-hmm. that movie. Terrific Ed Harris yeah, performance. the best. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what my favorite Ed Harris performance is. Radio? No, mm-hmm. I don't think it's radio. <laughs> uh. I mean, off the top of my head, it could be, could be The Rock, could be Hummel. Of course, Hummel. But, Are you gonna say uh, Pain and Gain or something? I've never seen Pain and Gain. Is he in it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I don't care for Pain and Gain. But I know a lot of people do, but I know you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's I don't know. It's like a stupid version of a Coen Brothers movie. I'm surprised you didn't go with Kristoff. Uh, yeah, Kristoff is up there from the Truman Show. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just giving his filmography a quick scan here. Uh, I've never, speaking of Clint, I've never seen Absolute Power, which is one of those, uh, those ones that, uh, I think you have to see Absolute Power. Yeah, no, it feels exactly like the kind of movie (laughs) I would probably have a pretty good time with. Uh, I mean, um, that makes it sound like I think it's like great. No, no. (laughs) It's like. A quintessential, like, late 90s, like, pot boiler with Clint Eastwood. In the Line of Fire or something? In yeah. the Line of Fire is a really solid time. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to really dig deep in, in Ed Harris's filmography to see if there's one that I like uh, better than The Rock. But The Rock is probably the standout. I mean, I'm sure he's got, like, bigger starring roles and stuff but yeah i don't know yeah appaloosa uh i remember enjoying appaloosa that's all right that's one that i think we saw together yeah yeah i don't think i ever saw it it's worth a watch yeah big okay. in it right yeah. yeah he's like the bad guy mm-hmm. uh no, no uh they're like uh partners oh, yeah. uh ed harris and vigo i it's can't remember his brothers kind of deal mm. yeah. i can't remember who the villain is off the top of my head but Somebody. I mean, I haven't seen it in like yeah, it's been, it's been twelve years. years or something like that. Um, yeah. So for me, I saw The Rock with you guys, and then uh, what else have I seen? I uh, I've had a, a little more time to watch some things uh, at home, like late at night. I watched. Uh, uh, I. Went down a little bit of a rabbit hole for uh, the director Fred Walton, if you guys 
know who that is? He directed the original uh, When a Stranger Calls. Um, and I watched uh, When a Stranger Calls Back, which was the sequel uh, to When a Stranger Calls that came out in, I believe, 1992 or 3, like it, early 90s, and it was direct... Uh, it was released uh, direct to cable, uh, Showtime, and I'd always heard that it had a pretty good opening because if you don't know how the When a Stranger Calls movies open, it's like a killer who calls, you know, a young woman and taunts them and maybe they're in the house or maybe they're outside or whatever. Uh, but I heard the opening to that movie was like pretty suspenseful, even though it's like kind of a cheesy straight to cable movie so i thought i would check it out and it's got a good like first 20 minutes but beyond that not great um charles durning's in it plays a detective who figures out that the killer is a uh, ventriloquist oh wow <laughs> cool wow <laughs> yeah uh kind of a goofy procedural uh like second act takes over but the, the first 20 minutes are pretty decent. Um, and then I also watched a movie, another, like, uh, made-for-cable movie called uh, Trapped with uh, Kathleen Quinlan from 1989, where uh, it's kind of like a survive-the-night uh, movie where she's, like, trapped in a uh, high-rise building uh, late at night and being pursued by a, a serial killer. Um, kind of like that movie P two. If you guys remember that, mm-hmm. no, that um, yeah. Uh, now is it spelled like Trapped, the new metal band with, with <laughs> PT at the end? A little headstrong. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's spelled the traditional way, T R A P P E D. Which is the title of like a million movies. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of movies called Trapped. Um, some movies called Trapped from like the last like ten years. Yeah. Uh, we're actually going to be covering a Trapped mm. on this podcast. I hope I'm not trapped here when you guys do. <laughs> With uh, Kevin Bacon and Charlize Theron, right? Mm, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but that movie, Trapped, uh, it, you know, it was in, kind of enjoyable in that it was like uh, kind of a moody, late night cable, low budget slasher movie i mean not great but it had some charm um i had to uh, order the vhs for that actually because that's the only way to get it break out the old vcr mm-hmm. now did you find all of that worth it uh Ordering and buying the vhs tape <laughs> well i like looked for the dvd uh or just like any version of it on you know to to order or buy and the only way that you can watch it is VHS, because it's not on any other format. Yeah, I uh, guess what I just mean is, like... <laughs> I'll answer no. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, like, kind of fun. Um, but there's, ultimately, there's, maybe no. Yeah. Because uh, there's not a lot of movies where I think, like, I'd even be willing to get the VHS tape version still. Uh, I know VHS is, like, a collectible, and... 
people are into it or whatever and like oh i have a big vhs collection but the fact is it's way worse quality and i care too much about that person like i went through that for like sidekicks for example but that's definitely worth it (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you have like a vcr maybe it's not like a huge inconvenience uh like it's sort of just like ordering a dvd just a different format um so I didn't think, like, it was a whole lot of work to track it down. <laughs> but uh, uh, the whole reason that I, like, checked out some Fred Walton movies that I'd never seen um, was just because I had uh, seen Scream in theaters. Uh, Scream 2022. And if you'd seen the When a Stranger Calls movies, you'd know that that those movies were a big influence on Scream, so that's why he was, like, on my mind. Uh, so I checked out a couple of his movies. Do you remember when we uh, went to go see the newer When a Stranger Calls? Yeah. And they don't show, the, like, that there's a bad guy until, like, the last, like, ten minutes. Yeah, that was the, the 06 When a Stranger Calls. Yeah, I thought it would have been absolutely genius if there was no bad guy and she was just paranoid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that would have been great. Yeah. But no, they're like, oh, it was a, there's this weird killer guy with, like, ten minutes le- left. It's like a 12-year-old down the street yeah. with a yeah. voice box. It uh, could have been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the remake is, like, way different than the original. Like, you'd think that... Uh, that's, like, what the original was like, but no. Like, uh, there's, like, way more of a plot and... There's not, like, windows rattling and, like, the lights are on in a room she wasn't expecting. No, like, the the protagonist being taunted by a phone caller is just, like, the first 20 minutes, and then it, like, jumps ahead several years and there's, like, a whole other movie, really. Uh, So, in a way, the remake is basically just a remake of the opening to the original. But for 20, for for like an hour. Yeah. I remember the When a Stranger Calls remake being the orangest movie I'd ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Like that entire... No, it wasn't wasn't even like the like Steven Soderbergh traffic Mexico scenes or whatever. But like it just, the whole movie had this like hue of like dark orange (laughs) and maybe that's not even the case but that's how i remember it that's definitely the poster was uh but i just remember it being like extremely orange and ugly an ugly movie Uh, i heard they greenlit another scream already oh based on the yeah the success of this box office performance makes Uh, sense yeah i i enjoyed the new scream yeah i don't know if i loved it but i thought it was a lot better than scream 4 I like Scream 4, so it's going to be really good then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep I keep saying I'm going to go see it uh, before it leaves theaters, and like I keep pushing my luck, because it is still in theaters this week, but mm-hmm. like, will it be next week? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely want to see uh, Jackass as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. Maybe we should all go see Jackass. I'm down. We should. I mean, it, I, I was looking at showings, and they're not like crazy crowded yeah. if you go at the right time, so... Yeah, it's one of those uh, must-see in theater with the big screen. And... Yeah, it's definitely the kind of movie that plays better with an audience, which is what makes the whole current situation kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, well, but one of many reasons why it's right. a bummer. But, uh, Maybe if we could see it with, like, 12 other people. Yeah. Spaced out. Yeah, yeah. Right, the right <laughs> amount of... Yeah, I don't want to see it, like, sold out. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't even go. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, so I saw Scream and uh, then I watched the Fred Walton movies because I, you know, I like trying to find good obscure thrillers. Uh, and then I watched a couple Andrew Davis movies in preparation for this conversation. You but watched Holes again? No, no Holes, but uh, I watched uh, The Package, uh, his movie from 1989, and uh, The Final Terror, which was an early 80s uh, like slasher he did. I think it was one of his early movies, um, 1983, with Daryl Hannah. Um, I haven't seen that one. My dad's a huge package fan, though. Mm-hmm. I, we had the VHS. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna make a joke like he like he likes ordering stuff off Amazon. Or oh no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. He doesn't. He doesn't like that. But <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. He, he buys stuff off Amazon.com, Target.com, Walmart.com. I think uh, we watched the package a few times when we were younger. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that's about all I've watched. I'll, I'll talk more about the Andrew Davis movies when we get into our Andrew Davis discussion, but... I uh, can't wait. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we should probably get started with collateral damage. Yeah, no more chilling out. Yeah. Chill zone done. To, <laughs> chilled out long enough. Ready to get down to brass tacks. Stop, <clears throat> stop chilling. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's, let's, I guess, start with the, the one-sentence... One two sentence pitch for what this movie is. Right. Yeah. If you don't remember it, it is uh, about a uh, L.A. firefighter who named Gordy Brewer named Gordy Brewer who travels to <laughs> Columbia to track down the guerrilla commando who is responsible for murdering his wife and son in a terrorist bombing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, happens yep. every day. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, this movie would make you think that that kind of stuff happens every day. It's mm-hmm. it's I'm very much of the moment, even though it wasn't. Sh- it was all shot before nine eleven. Mm-hmm. The whole thing has that like air of terrorism panic about it. Yeah. And xenophobia and all that stuff. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, Arnold is clearly not an American born person. But nobody refers. <laughs> no, that's not true. Someone does refer to him. Oh, John Leguizamo calls him, like, yeah. a German. Yeah. Yeah. Um, German sausage. Yeah. And his yeah. family has a Scottish funeral yeah. <laughs> with bagpipes. Yeah, they do play bagpipes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, the. The whole plot of this movie is kicked off by a terrorist attack, so maybe this is a good time as any to talk about the the nine eleven uh, the nine eleven the nine eleven of it all. Uh, uh, so this was originally supposed to be released uh, like early October two thousand one, right? October fifth, October fifth. Yep. Um, and I think after 9-11, they decided to scrap all the like all the the marketing right like all the original trailers and yeah apparently they had a marketing uh thing all over that had arnold's face and it said bombing and then under it a little tagline said 
what would you do if you lost everything? Uh-huh. <laughs> so probably not great right after 9-11. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know, like, what, like, the whole process was that led up to getting it pushed back to February of 2002. I think they, like, kind of figured that if they delayed it, like, a year or more, they would have lost a lot of money. So they just pushed it back, like, four months or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's there's kind of three movies I think about when I think about 9-11 mm-hmm. uh, delays. Yeah. Uh, one is Zoolander, mm-hmm. because they had to edit out the um, Twin Towers. Yeah. Two is Big Trouble, mm-hmm. which is a movie about, like, hijacking a plane uh-huh. <laughs> uh it's a very stupid shitty movie uh that i can't wait to talk about later yeah. on this episode on this show um and then three is probably this yeah um which is also another you know yeah over over terrorist uh movie yeah and uh you forgot about master of disguise well, Master of Disguise wasn't wasn't <laughs> delayed because of nine eleven. It just and, and there was something we talked about that uh, like on our second episode, I think, or maybe our first. Uh-huh. Uh But that actually that story is like kind of not true. Oh wow! That it wasn't You're actually right now. I know there's something about it. I don't remember exactly what like, it is. I would uh, have to look into it. Like it was like a few days after or something. It yeah. It was like. It was slightly exaggerated for comedic effect for whoever put it on IMDb trivia. Yeah, which I I choose to believe that it, it happened yeah. exactly like that. But uh, it's real to me, damn it! It's like that wrestling guy, yeah. exactly. Um, well, while we're talking about nine eleven, and uh, we talked about this earlier, but I pulled up a list of sort of all the songs that were banned mm-hmm. on the radio. Um, after 9-11 there's some interesting ones on here um so just to give you kind of an idea of the culture like obviously there's a lot of like songs like acdc shot down in flames mm-hmm. okay <laughs> um stupid but like okay alanis morissette ironic was banned from the radio after 9-11 seems crazy and what what was the reason I, there's i don't i don't have oh. a reason is it ironic i mean there must have been a like 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 a word that she used or something maybe she says like plane like plane <laughs> crash or something i don't know uh, yeah alien ant farms cover of smooth criminal was banned from the radio what yep uh just because or because of 9-11 uh, <laughs> no, these are all specifically post nine eleven ordered by Clear Channel to not play. Uh, Bengals walk like an Egyptian. Mm. I suppose because of Egyptian. the proximity of Egyptians to the Middle East. Uh, maybe yeah. that's the only thing I can yeah. think of. Um, <laughs> uh, Our younger listeners are going to be like, "What? Why did what? they?" <laughs> Okay. What was the logic here? Yeah, who's Alien Ant Farm? People know that song. That song's still pretty popular. The movies? This one's insane to me. The Beatles' Obla Di, Obla Da, which is a song with nonsense for lyrics. Like, those words don't mean anything. Yeah. 
Is Bombs Over Baghdad on that list? Yeah. <laughs> or, like, uh, something more yeah, obvious? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm skipping over the obvious stuff and just kind of reading the, the like, yeah. stuff where you're just like, what? Uh, like, Dave Matthews' band, Crash Into Me, was banned. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. The word, Crash. Yeah, yeah, because that Crash. Um... Weird times. What kind of simpletons do they think everyone is? Well, that, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty interesting approach by you know Hollywood or you know the decision like the decision makers at the studios that they they didn't want anything to potentially remind audiences yeah. of nine eleven. Well, uh, and that's like I mean, not that I'm like some kind of expert, but. My thinking would be that that's not the way you process grief is mm-hmm. by shutting it out of your brain completely <laughs> and never being reminded of it because that's not like you're never going to get over it at that yeah. point. Um, some other funny ones like the Gap Band, You Dropped a Bomb on Me, <laughs> which is a song that legendarily might be about uh, taking yeah. a shit on someone. Some- scatological undertones <laughs> that's, that's a, a re- sweet band name <laughs> scatological undertones yeah, yeah. it's andrew's punk band uh, uh, <laughs> yeah like free fallen by tom petty was banned because people jump <laughs> i guess uh burning down the house uh Third Eye Blind Jumper. <laughs> yeah. She, even Sugar Ray's Fly was right. banned. What a stupid... Like, yeah. <laughs> of course... He probably went bankrupt on that. Yeah. All Rage Against the Machine songs, which is yeah. very funny. Killing uh, in the Name of is going. It's literally all of them. Yeah. They weren't allowed to play them at all. Like, a lot <laughs> of these bands just had a few songs, but... Uh... uh. uh. Yeah, they would stairway to heaven. They wouldn't play Led Zeppelin. That song's like from thirty years before. And that yeah. song is also about like nothing. Yeah, there was all kinds of weird stuff that you know, changes that were made to like T V edits of movies that they made to like kind of keep the connection away. Like uh uh in uh the 2002 re-release of E.T., there was that line where um, they say, like, you're not you're not going dressed as a terrorist. They, they changed that line to, uh, you're not going as a hippie. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, was that the same one where they replaced the guns with walkie-talkies, or was that later? Uh, I th- I'm not sure. That might have been later. I think that was later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is also very silly. And then, like, when they showed uh, Home Alone 2 on TV, they cut out the Twin Towers. and Yeah, that was a big thing. It was removing yeah. Twin Towers anytime it was visible from yeah. movies, which is so weird. Yeah. It's a like, building that doesn't exist so, anymore. Like, I mean, in a, in a way that you're just, like, pissing on everyone that died because you're just like, oh, yeah, that place never existed. <laughs> All those people who died, don't think about them. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, that's not the right way to do this. Like, there's a lot of movies that came out in, like, 01, 02, where they had to take out the Twin Towers, like uh, Spider-Man, Zoolander, Don't Say a Word, Serendipity, Mm. Men in Black 2, Changing Lanes, Mr. Deeds, and Stuart Little 2. Basically every movie shot in New York City in 2001 had to have them removed. Yeah. Um, Imagine if they did this movie on the original script before Andrew Davis 
Whereas the Libyan terrorists, yeah, it was Libyans. they would have to scrap the entire movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, like a movie like True Lies wouldn't have been made. Yeah. Oh yeah. Post nine eleven, like, and that movie was a huge hit in the nineties. Yeah. But like, uh, I, it might not even be made now. Yeah, I think there was like like a James Cameron quote that came from maybe like an interview where he was being asked about True Lies two, and it was after nine eleven, and he was like you know, it's not going to happen at this point because you can't joke about terrorism anymore. <laughs> so uh, He didn't seem uh, the Team America yet, I guess. Right. Uh, uh, well, also, is True Lies really joking about terrorism? I mean, True Lies is like like kind of a comedy, I guess. So yeah, maybe that's what he I, meant, I guess. What I he guess meant I by guess. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it also the, the like the terrorism in that movie is not the joke though. Yeah, <laughs> like that movie has jokes, but it's never. Yeah, uh, Tom Arnold's not a terrorist in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> but well, I think hmm. <laughs> a agree, to, agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like in the eighties and nineties, like like terrorist plots and movies and subplots and whatever were kind of like a little more cartoony, I think, and a little goofier, and then. Post nine eleven, the they were a little more either non existent or a little more serious. I think. Well, yeah, it's funny because if you're listening to this and you weren't really around, then you might think to yourself, "Oh, Hollywood stopped including so much terrorism. That is actually maybe a good thing, or they're mm-hmm. being smarter about how they portray terrorism." Mm-hmm. But in reality, it was all part of like, like dehumanizing Middle Eastern people even mm-hmm. further because anytime there were terrorists in movies they were like awful like yeah. pieces of shit that were like like almost like serial killers or whatever like they mm-hmm. were not human beings at all so I mean like it's all part of that like xenophobic fallout right after 9-11 where we got fucking freedom fries and shit like that <laughs> and where you know, every brown person would be stopped at the airport for random searches every time. You know, random. Yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a weird time. Uh, Do you guys remember where you were? Uh, like, at home, right before school. Yeah, it was yeah. like I just uh, woke up, uh, like for school that morning because it was a Tuesday, right? Yeah. And, uh, I want to say like there was like a a pretty weird period of time where you, Travis, actually would call me on the phone, like, in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, I but... Don't, I don't remember we that would, day, We but... would talk on the phone a lot, because this was pre, like, so, cell phones yeah. and texting, and we would, like, talk in the morning, like, before school, and we I think... We looked different schools, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think that was one of those days, uh, and we were like, wow, this is wild. Yeah, and right. the whole day we spent, we had to watch, we watched the news literally all day. Yeah, same here. In yeah. in class, we watched the news. Yeah, I mean, that was also weird because that was like our first or second week of high school ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, we were all, all freshmen. freshmen yeah. And yeah. School had just started. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was obviously just a weird time in our lives. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I hear a lot of people talking about how, you know, they were immediately watching the news in class, but, like, us being West Coast kids, mm-hmm. like, it happened at, like, 
fifty or like yeah six in the morning. Mm-hmm. So right. like I just remember waking up and hearing about the second plane. Yeah, I think, and uh, yeah. yeah, and then my mom dropped me off for school. My mom was like very anxious about dropping me off for school, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Mom, they're not going to attack Los Alamitos <laughs> High School." <laughs> and she was just like, "Okay," and I went to school. <laughs> um, I mean, they could like could have. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it'd be weird, but I mean, imagine if they did. My mom would just be like, well, he really ate crow on that one. All right, though. They really did. Yeah. 90s sitcom child actors factory. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A little yes, bit of know. an inside uh, joke, I guess. The, our high school was uh, attended by a lot of uh, child actors. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but... Joey uh, Sweeten, who else? Dante Bosco. Dante Bosco, who played Rufio from Hook. Rufio. Oh, you guys left me hanging. Oh. There we go. (laughs) Uh, There's probably more, but... uh, Clayton Snyder, who was on Lizzie McGuire, went to our school. Yeah. uh, Like, at the same time as Mm -hmm. us. He was a grade younger than us. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I didn't know him, but he was, like, quasi-famous. Yeah, and... uh, Bobby Brewer, who was in Magnolia, and <laughs> all right, uh, uh, we're we're getting into yeah. not famous people yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Bobby, if you ever hear this. And uh, deleted scenes from Austin Powers. Yeah, we we've already talked about Bobby Brewer oh, on yeah. the show, though. That's right. So <laughs> I don't think we need to continue to talk about. Welcome Bobby to the Bobby Brewer, Brewer podcast, uh, where we imagine, explore the career imagine, of Bobby Brewer. Imagine if he just somehow found out that we talked about him, and we just like <laughs> talk about it on every episode, and he's like super freaked out about it. I'm no idea who Bobby Brewer is, and I don't endorse this. <laughs> he's the, he's you know the the one deleted scene from Austin Powers where it's all about the henchman who gets flattened by the mm-hmm. thing. He's that kid, oh, whose stepdad. And he's like, oh, he was like a father to me, oh. and he like cries to his mom. That was Bobby. He went to yeah. our school. <laughs> That's cool. Yes, I guess Andrew went golfing with him. Once. Yeah, I golfed with him. Um, yeah, he was one of the quiz kids from Magnolia. Uh, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> where, how did we get to... We were talking 9-11. We were talking about 9/11. the morning of 9-11. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, we watched it all day uh, at school, if I remember right. Like, every one of my teachers had it on. Uh, the the yeah. news coverage. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, definitely, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, like a transformative day for American culture. Yeah. Um, and... A regressive day for American culture in all, in <laughs> yeah. so many ways too. Like I mean, yeah, it's why we have so many fucking. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it, I, it, this isn't a political podcast. Yeah, but like tying it back into this show, like it had a a pretty big effect on the film industry and sure. Uh, yeah. I, I just really quick want to read, like, a few more random uh, things that were, like, changed in movies. Um, uh, when Spy Game came out, they had to... Uh, Spy Game was November 2001? November, yeah. Because okay. I saw it for my birthday that year. Okay. I mean, Real cool. Yeah. Well, you were there, too. I'm aware I was there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even your birthday. You didn't even get gifts. Uh, they um they had to like in post production uh alter the um the level of smoke that 
appeared after like buildings were bombed like they didn't want the like the smoke to rise too high and billow because it would remind people of the attack uh so i think the level of smoke that would be okay then (laughs) i don't know i think they had to make it like really small uh you know what it's kind of a good movie Spy Game. Spy Game, yeah, sure. It's fun. Yeah. It's kind of good. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years. I Maybe maybe I'm remembering it too fondly. Maybe it's not actually that good, but uh, I, I remember kind of yeah. liking it. I remember it having that whole lot of action. And... It's slower than you would yeah. expect from like a Tony Scott movie, especially yeah. that period in Tony Scott's career. Yeah. I, I think I, re- I remember being criticized by my buddies for picking it for my birthday movie because it was like a slower movie. Well, you would think that it would have a little more in common with Enemy of the State. Yeah. Which is a slapper. Yeah. But... True, uh, true. Uh, the best Tony Scott movie. I think so. I think yeah. we watched 13 Days for Brian's birthday, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spy so, Game is So like I didn't... Yeah. I didn't pick the most boring... <laughs> yeah, Spy Game in comparison to 13 Days is like... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, The Raid? <laughs> like, yeah. some just, like, insane action movie that's yeah. nonstop. Like, yeah. I can't remember why Brian wanted to see 13 Days for his birthday, but... Probably because of his dad or something. Like yeah. JFK fan, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, because he's a Boston guy. Yeah. yeah. Boston legend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the movie, or, you know, 9-11 had a huge impact on the movies like, yeah. for a long time. Uh, and uh, gave us this piece of shit movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, so th- so this movie, they had to cut out, like, quite a few scenes from what i understand like there i guess was uh like a subplot involving um sofia vergara where she played like an airplane hijacker and that was like totally cut out of this movie yeah it's weird to think about sofia vergara who used to have like a real acting career Mm -hmm. and now she's just on like well was on modern family and just does like yogurt commercials and stuff like that now like i like, but she used to be, like, in serious roles and stuff like yeah. that. Now I can't imagine Sofia Vergara in, like, a, right. a serious performance. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess they had to cut out scenes where she hijacked an airplane. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. I heard they had to reshoot the bombing. Oh, really? Scene. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. The So the, this movie opens with the guerrilla commando bombing the colombian consulate yeah Yeah. el lobo uh yeah played by cliff curtis who is a maori actor Mm -hmm. not um not colombian no (laughs) he's not middle eastern he's played both in movies uh i feel for the guy constantly uh yeah i wonder how he feels about it i wonder if he's like you know he's like you know i look ambiguous enough to where i can play anybody <laughs> right i mean if you looked at his imdb he's booked for the next three avatars uh, so i yeah. think he'll be fine yeah because uh cliff curtis is a pretty good actor though i like cliff yeah curtis. i like cliff curtis yeah he's, he's great because he's played uh like what mexican drug dealers and three kings uh, uh yeah he played the uh uh one of the guys that they have to rescue at the end right yeah yeah so he's played like Middle Eastern and Colombian and pretty much everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did come up 
in like Once for Warriors and some of those New yeah. Zealand movies. I think mm-hmm. it was in The Piano, the Jane Campion movie in 94. Yeah. Um, was that 94? Uh, in that range. I want to say 93. 93. Okay, yeah, yeah maybe 93. Okay. Uh, he's, Once for Warriors, I think, was 94 or 95. So yeah. he was in that range. So, I mean, he did come up doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Hollywood obvious, obviously has a long history of not casting, um, you know, <laughs> ethnically correct actors. Like, all you have to do is look at, like, movies like Scarface or whatever. <laughs> It's kind of fun, funny you mentioned that. Um, the reason they hired um, Special Agent Joe Phipps, which is Miguel Sandoval, uh-huh. uh, I listened to the commentary, unfortunately, for this movie, and uh, because I guess the head of the FBI during the LA Olympics mm-hmm. was Hispanic, so he's like, true to form, I'll hire a Hispanic for this role. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel Sandoval. Yeah. Yeah. So he can thank the head of the FBI formerly for that. Even though the rest of this movie is cast weirdly, like the Colombian woman is an Italian lady. Yeah. Right. Uh, Francesca Neri? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thank the FBI for nothing, by the way. <laughs> uh, We're kidding, FBI. Please don't kill us. <laughs> that's, a Travis, that's a Travis opinion. Uh, <laughs> I stick to my guns. Uh, figurative guns, though. Yeah. Not literal guns. Uh, yeah, uh, so I guess we talked about, like, what the, the general gist of collateral damage, vigilante firefighter goes to Columbia, tracks down yeah, I mean, I commandos. Would, I would say we don't have to go, like, blow by blow on the plot. No, since we I can, think, but we can go over we it. We can talk about certain scenes that fall yeah. each act of the movie, uh. I think the the running thought I had is how funny it is that he's just like a firefighter in this movie. Yeah, they don't establish any kind of like combat backstory or anything like that. Why he would be able and like willing to do yeah. all this stuff, all this fighting. Yeah, yeah. They talk about in the one of the special features that like that's why he doesn't fire a gun in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's because he's a fireman and has no military training. But he's still like ta- yeah, doing yeah. takedowns. Yeah, I was like, he's yeah. still doing all this stuff, and they're like, oh, he just uses his firefighter he, stuff. Like, yeah, like they, like, <laughs> like bombs and stuff. Right. Like he it's shoot. not like Commando, I guess, where he's like a one man army and he yeah. kills like seventy people. But he's still like is able to take out a lot of guerrilla commandos. <laughs> yeah, and well, and he's like. Building bombs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. At, mines. At John Leguizamo's, like, drug yeah. compound. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, did you guys see this in theaters? Yeah. I think we saw it together. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we saw it together. Uh, did you see it in theaters, Dan? I absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big Arnold fan at this time. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I would say all of his movies in theaters up to a point uh, yeah. after this. Because um, I remember seeing End of Days in theater, even though I was probably too young for that movie, like when mm-hmm. Gabriel Byrne grabs that woman's boob. I just remember that standing out to me <laughs> when I was like 12 years old. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I definitely saw The Sixth Day in theaters. Yeah. And then I saw this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I actually, no joke, had a poster for this movie up on my wall. Cool. Which I kind of memory hold until like right now. Um, I don't remember it. I didn't like think this movie was like incredible. I mean, I liked it at the time, definitely. But um, 
I think I got the poster for free from somewhere, like from yeah. a movie theater. Maybe or from something. the theater you saw it at. Yeah, I, I got it somewhere, and it was like the official, you know, double sided. Yeah. Poster twenty seven by forty. Um, I don't remember why I had it up in my room for uh-huh. so long, but I definitely did, and I'm sure I could go back and like <laughs> a, my old photo bucket account or something and find a picture with like Arnold's giant fucking noggin <laughs> on my wall. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, too. I think I just happened to be with my dad in Hollywood at the time, and uh, we actually saw it at the Chinese Theater. Oh, wow. Uh, for some reason. I don't know why we were in Hollywood. but Grommens yeah. or just a generic Chinese theater? No, Grommens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do those exist? <laughs> I don't know why I answered that seriously, Travis. But, uh, yes, I saw gotcha it. At, we saw it at Grommens. Uh I think opening day, like, I think my dad let me skip school that day for some reason. Um, but yeah, I saw it in theaters, and uh, I remember liking it at the time, and I was looking forward to seeing it, and had fond-ish memories of it for a while, until maybe I saw it on DVD, like, a few years later, and then I realized it sucked. Um, <laughs> it's it's bad. And then uh, we watched it uh, last week, about a week ago, right? Yeah. And I realized it sucked even more. <laughs> it might be one of the worst Arnold movies. Well, that's a... I, uh, I mean, obviously, he's done some bad ones. I wouldn't say the worst, and probably not even in the bottom five. But when, when I was updating my Arnold list, because, you know, we're, we're going to talk about those, yeah. uh, I moved it down quite a bit. <laughs> and it wasn't, like, high before, but it was, like, you know, more mid-range... Yeah. And, and now it's pretty low. Yeah, I thought of it a little more fondly before this most recent rewatch. I definitely remember it being more fun. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was in, like, the Eraser range, but no, it's it's farther down than that. No, it's definitely not as fun yeah. as Eraser. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we can talk how we feel when we get to Final Judgments in a bit. Uh, no, I'm going to say it sucked right now, <laughs> and no one can stop it. <laughs> the first couple well, of I meant we yeah. can talk more about why we thought it sucked. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, we all saw this in theaters. Uh, should we get into the plot at all, or, uh, should we talk about, uh, what, what are some scenes that, that stood out to everybody from the first act? Uh, the weird three, like, tricycle motorcycle, I thought was quite odd. And what what scene was that from? It's the it's in the bombing, or is that is that El Lobo's El motorcycle? Lobo's motorcycle as a cop, yeah. which I found quite odd because it's play, takes place in L.A. and I've never seen that motorcycle in my life. Mm-hmm. No, I've never yeah. seen a, a three wheel um, motorcycle in L.A. Yeah, in the commentary he mentions, I guess the director is a Chicago guy. Yeah, Andrew and, Davis. Um, yeah, he mentioned he's like, oh, they used to have them in Chicago, mm-hmm. so he decided to bring that in. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. It's weird that it's not just set in Chicago, considering yeah, he's yeah. such a famous Chicago filmmaker. Yeah. And it easily could have been. Because, like, all of his movies are set there. At least all the ones I've seen. Yeah, all the early ones, like The Package and Above yeah. the Law and The Fugitive. All he would have some to of do my is favorite... the fire department. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's made some of my favorite Chicago movies. But, uh... Yeah, weird that he brought that little touch in. Yeah. Um... Uh... Well, I know one scene that we're going to talk about from 
the first like 20 minutes and this is something i think dan's gonna have a lot to say about and that is uh the scene where we're introduced to arnold and his son and they are uh <laughs> showering, showering together. together uh in uh, the shower yeah what did you think about that scene dan <laughs> no you're 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 setting that up in a way that makes me sound weird <laughs> when in reality i just thought it was a weird scene yeah uh, because i think that kid seems a little old to be showering with arnold <laughs> And also, like, it's weird because, obviously, that's not Arnold's real kid. So he's just showering <laughs> with some kid. Uh, yeah. Which I know, you know, it's acting or whatever. And right. Also, like, dads shower with their kids and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, he's that, wearing bottoms. He's not, like, method or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I, I know. Well, I assume. They don't show us, but uh, it's... It, it still just stuck out as a weird scene to me. Uh, that kid just seemed a little old to be doing it. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, from my perspective as a dad, like, I, you know, I've had to, you know, shower with my son. And I, I do, like you said, Travis, I wear, like, shorts just because that seems appropriate. <laughs> uh, that always just reminds me of probably my favorite joke from... This is getting weird. From... <laughs> My favorite joke from Big Daddy, or just what I've always thought was, like, a very, like, astute joke, is where he is, like, helping, uh, like, Adam Sandler's helping the kid, like, take a bath, and the kid's like, why do I have to wear, like, a bathing suit when I'm taking a bath? And Adam Sandler's just like, I don't know all the rules for this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It also reminds me of a video game that is, like, two dollars on steam called shower with your dad simulator uh-huh. and it's just like a pixelated game where you have to like move the dad into the shower with like your son uh-huh. it's such a stupid fucking game <laughs> i got it for free i think on steam just, yeah i thought it was funny uh weird game <laughs> i have nothing to say about sh- showering with your father <laughs> it's, it's just such a it's just such an odd scene. <laughs> it's odd to see. Movie. It's odd to see Arnold showering yeah. with a, a four-year-old, something like that. I yeah. think they're just trying to show they're close really quickly. Yeah, because it. you know, spoiler: the kid dies in the yeah. next scene. So I think they want to like set that up emotionally a little bit that they're they're close, they close enough have, to shower. They don't have a lot of time, but the yeah. problem is, and this is the problem with like most Arnold movies that try and do this, in fact, all Arnold movies that Mm -hmm. try and do this, is that Arnold is Arnold. Yeah, You can't escape that. He's not a normal-looking guy. He's not. And no matter... Every Arnold movie made after, like, 1994, maybe, Mm -hmm. like... He's just fuck. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Don't try and portray him as this normal everyday family man because you're not going to be able to. Because everyone, when they see the screen, they're not seeing Gordy Brewer. They're seeing fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and that's fine. Just make a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is a dad and he goes to fucking Columbia to avenge his wife and kid for some reason. But like, you don't have to like you know, bend over backwards to try and show us that Arnold has a good relationship with his son. We're already in. We understand the premise is he loves his wife and son and he wants to avenge their, their, you know, he wants to kill their, their killer Mm -hmm. uh, to avenge their honor or whatever. Like, we get it. 
Everyone, everyone's there <laughs> with that same basic premise that is in all of his movies. Like they all kind of have a similar genesis. Yeah. They don't do that with other action films when you think about it. Like all the Steven Seagal get back at them for killing someone. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. show him like playing catch with a kid or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's more straight to business. Yeah. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, they, and I, I talked about this when we were watching the movie last week, is that in, uh, Arnold movies, they never include any dialogue or any kind of expository talk where they, like, mention, they do anything to explain why he is, like, why he's there, like, why Arnold, (laughs) like, why this Austrian man is living in america like they never portray him as austrian like he's just american well it's very noticeable in some of his movies like yeah. most notably to me the funniest is jingle all the way yeah because like there's so many instances where his fucking family doesn't recognize him through mm-hmm. the like turbo man visor in jingle all the way <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just like What's fucking wrong with you? <laughs> that is very clearly your husband. Yeah. The only guy in Minnesota that looks like that with an Austrian accent. And then and she's just like, oh my god, Howard. And uh. you're just like, what? Are you on Quaaludes? What's wrong yeah. with you? Who else do you know looks like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, like, at least in like the Van Damme movies, they like almost always included a line of dialogue to explain like... He's Cajun. He's, yeah. He's French. Yeah. Whatever. He's That's like, sailor. like, yeah, I'm a Canadian cop who got transferred here. Yeah. End, end of story. Like, yeah. something to kind of explain why this French-sounding guy is in America. But Arnold, his movies, he's just there. Well, and the other funny thing about this movie is that not only is he just there, but he's given, like access by the fbi to their fucking like war rooms and shit yeah and he's I, just <laughs> hanging out there because his wife and son were killed that's the only reason he's a fucking firefighter yeah the, like the, the director was like hey uh he was a firefighter so he would be have access to those kind of things i was like no he wouldn't <laughs> absolutely not no like, yeah what do you think firefighters do <laughs> Hey, have you ever seen most firefighters? They just look like normal-ass dudes, because that's what they basically are. They're not like counterterrorism yeah. specialists. Uh, yeah, so just, Arnold's just a regular, regular Joe in this movie. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, yeah, as you said, he does that in, like, every movie. True Lies, he's supposedly just to be an office worker that's, like, a six-foot-two, or a no, six-foot-tall, jacked yeah, Austrian. Like, he's, like, I think... He's supposed to be, I mean, I know this sounds silly, but I think he's supposed to be American in a lot of his movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Howard Langston. Yeah, he's got names a, like uh, Howard <laughs> Langston, Gordy Brewer, uh, Harry Tasker, um, John Kimball. What's his name from uh, Kindergarten Cop? Something like that. I think it's Kimball. Something Kimball. John Kimball. John Kimball, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like regular yeah. American names. Uh, what what are your guys? What's your guys' favorite Arnold character name from any of his movies? Like, and could be Harry Tasker is my favorite. Um, I like to I like to use uh, Arnold names for my fake uh, when I have to 
fill out stuff I don't want to fill out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, your Starbucks name when uh, you, like, order a coffee. No, if uh, I have to do, like, a survey. <laughs> yeah, if I have to do a survey, I'm, like, John Matrix from Commando or something. <laughs> Uh, you know what, and this isn't just because we're doing this episode right now, but Gordy Brewer might be my favorite for some reason. I always think of Gordy Brewer. Uh, yeah, I, Gordy Brewer's definitely among the funniest ones. Well, because Gordy is (laughs) kind of goofy, yeah. Um, I I mean, I think I gotta go with Howard Langston just because of my love for Jingle All the Way, but, uh... Yeah, uh, Brewer's a good one. Harry Tasker's a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got uh, Ivan Danko from Red Heat. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, we also got Jericho from End of Days. Yeah, <laughs> Jericho. Jericho. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, his name's like Adam something in, in The Sixth Day. Adam Gibson. Yeah, Adam, Adam Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a guy that looks less like an Adam than yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. What, what's his name from Eraser? It's just another, like... It's Eraser, I think. Uh, it's like... We looked it up. Yeah. Because he's credited as Eraser, but then we dug a little deeper, yeah. and he does have a character. It's, like... It's not John Taggart, but it's something like that. I mean, they're all kind of like that. Yeah, it's they're like all, a, like, yeah. kind of like John Taggart. It's, a, yeah. it's like a Arnold... You could have, like, a name generator, uh-huh. just, like... Like, uh, like Darren Darren McAvoy or something like that, you know? Like that could be one of them. Yeah, or like uh, Jack Kruger yeah. or something. Wait, is Jack Kruger a a name of a real Arnold character? Maybe, but they could easily give him like a German or Austrian sounding name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I said this again, while we were watching this last week, that I think this is the first movie, or the only movie I can think of, where they address that he l- might be German or looks German. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and it, I sort of got the sense, too, that that might have even been, like, an improv line yeah. from John Leguizamo. Yeah. Cause yeah. It's, and it just stayed in the movie because yeah. the movie needed comic relief or yeah, whatever. It needed something. Yeah, it actually was. Uh, was it? Yeah, they talk oh, about okay. that in the commentary. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, so that wasn't even part of the script because yeah. the movie doesn't acknowledge that he's called yeah. that, like, and then certainly never goes into it. Yeah, uh, this might be a good way of any to like kind of breeze through the plot a little bit. So he, Gordy Brewer, to in order to avenge his family's death, he travels to Colombia and. Uh, you know, he's trying to kill, or he's trying to track down this guerrilla commando, and he he ends up... <laughs> That's guerrilla, G-U-E-R. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it movie... makes it sound like, like he's hunting Harambe or something. Yeah. This movie would have been way better if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been sweet. His wife, uh... and, his wife and son were murdered by a gorilla at the zoo or something. Yeah. Uh, and he, he ends up... Uh, having to like pose as a uh, mechanic right to infiltrate this cocaine facility that yeah he gets a tip from like uh john Turturro in the yeah. jail right yeah so that's once like a one scene yeah. cameo as soon as he gets to columbia he gets arrested and he winds up in this prison and his uh his cellmate or the the prisoner and the cell next to him is john Turturro. i think they were in like a like a public cell like like a drunk tank oh, kind okay. of thing like yeah. it was a it was a big cell with like a few people in it yeah 
And yeah, uh, John Turturro in the, the only scene in the movie yeah. that he's in is, uh, is, is, is in there. He explains that he's like a mechanic who sometimes works for local drug cartels, right? Yeah, yeah he's a Canadian yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a Canadian. Uh, so with this tip, Arnold, uh, you know, he, he does a favor for John Turturro by helping him escape this prison and... Totoro basically lets him assume his identity as this mechanic to infiltrate this cocaine facility. And that's where Leguizamo is like, you know, you're not, the, you don't look like who I was expecting. Uh, what, what's the line? He was like, it's like when you order uh, Canadian bacon and you get German, German sauerkraut. Sa- or German sausage. sausage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that I think is the first time that I can think of that they even allude to Arnold Schwarzenegger looking like a German person in any Arnold movie. He's not even German. He's Austrian. Yeah, he's yeah. Austrian. But uh, yeah, it, it is like the closest that basically any movie probably, uh, except for maybe maybe some of his more recent movies, yeah. um, has ever come to acknowledging yeah. that he's not American. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen too many of his movies post, uh, you know, after his governor period. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a whole weird thing. We're barely even going to talk about <laughs> this that he was the governor of California. Yeah. So, so one year after Collateral Damage comes out, he is uh, elected governor of California. <laughs> uh, uh, what a what a weird life we've we've lived. Yeah. <laughs> when you just not necessarily like us personally, but just yeah. like all the weird things that have happened in our lifespan. Well, right. Think about it, Predator has two governors in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Course, Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people made jokes like oh Carl Weathers has to run for <laughs> run for office now. I mean I'd vote for I mean, Carl. Shane Weathers. Black can't, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean um, I'd vote for Carl Weathers over <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although Jesse Ventura, interesting guy. <laughs> not, yeah. not not great, but interesting. Yeah, some interesting ideas. Um, uh, so, uh, so where are we with, uh... Alright, so he's, he's in the, he's in the cartel's, uh, like, compound. Yeah. Because he knows that the cartel is connected with the... With El Lobo mm-hmm. and the, you know, the guerrilla commandos. Um, so he's hoping that this will help him get close to El Lobo so he can kill him. Right. Yeah. And so under the guise of, like, fixing their trucks or whatever, yeah. he's he's actually, like, making a bunch of bombs to blow up their, uh, yeah. their compound yeah. facility. Right. Uh, and then he gets, uh, he... When he's when he's like when the bombs are gonna go off, he sees the wolf's uh, wife and daughter. Yeah, uh, and he like protects them from the blast. Yeah, so yeah, and that's he, how he gets arrested. He's able them. to follow uh, Cliff Curtis uh, to his like kind of headquarters, like an apartment building or like an office building, right? Because it's not on the premises of the cocaine oh, uh, okay. facility. I don't think it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it doesn't fucking it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, <laughs> this movie's so matter. this movie's so stupid. But anyhow, yeah, he's ready to like 
kill uh, Cliff Curtis with a bomb. But then, yeah, uh, the woman, uh, what's the character's name? Selena? It is... Played by Francesca Neri. Uh, yeah, Selena Perini. Yeah. Uh, of Hannibal fame. The oh, okay. TV show? No, the movie. Uh, um, what is she in Hannibal, uh, the movie? She, uh, I don't know. That was her only other, like, U.S. acting credit. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember her from that. But, uh, yeah, he he sees that uh, she, her and son. her son are, you know, the, the young boy she's with is going to be, like, possibly, like, killed or injured with the, the blast. So he goes to rescue them. But in doing so, he tips off the wolf. And he saw, he met them earlier at this, like, fair thing when he first got to Columbia. Yeah, this isn't the first time that we've seen these characters. They've, yeah. they've been, like, around in Columbia. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Gordy is captured yes. by El Lobo. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's most of the stuff that happens, like, in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The well, Columbia and, stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. The, the the wife, uh, what's her name again? Selena. 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 She okay. she helps free him, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, the wolf takes Gordy to his compound, and then uh, he's held prisoner there, and then she helps free Gordy because, why? She wants to get to the U.S., and she's saying that there's going to be another attack Oh and yeah, she yeah. can give him information about well, it. Well, she won't. She's she's telling Gordy that she like wants to get out of there, and she yeah. like doesn't feel safe or whatever. Yeah. And uh, she goes with. She travels with him back to the U.S. along with yeah. her kid, who he always is fucking touching in this movie. <laughs> he is so close to that fucking kid, and and it's just part of the weirdness with his own yeah. son. And I know that the movie is meant to like make us think yeah. that oh, he he just lost his son. He's, yeah. This is like a surrogate to it's a him. Face off. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But it's fucking weird. He is like yeah. always like holding, hugging, touching that fucking kid. Yeah. I think Arnold just can't quite pull that off in a I don't think he has a believable a way. Yeah. yeah, that kid has quite the career, by the way. The kid, the yeah. kid that plays uh, which kid? The the villain's kid. Okay. Yeah, apparently he's in a hundred episodes of Teen Wolf. I'm guessing he's the main oh, character. The MTV show. Yeah. Okay. And then he did 52 episodes of a thing I didn't know existed called Fast and the Furious Spy Racers. He oh. plays Tony Toretto. Is that like an it's, animated? It's an animated Netflix yeah. show. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. No, I didn't know that existed either. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Good but, for that kid. Yeah. He might have, like, the second best career of anyone <laughs> in this movie, <laughs> post this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so that's the middle of the movie, is just the, the Columbia stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I think is just really dull. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no action until, like, the very end when they're, like, yeah. blowing up. A yeah. lot of the stuff, but even then, that's just explosions. Like, yeah, it's not like it's not like cool action. It's mostly just Arnold like running through the mud and stuff like that. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned that uh, like Elias Coteus is in this movie. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. <laughs> uh, he plays the CIA director. Yeah, he's he, like a CIA guy that, or is like, he FBI? No, or... he's CIA. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, he's, he's 
CIA, but he's always has an FBI visitor's badge on <laughs> yeah. in this movie, so it's very confusing. Right. Uh, but yeah, he's like working somewhat with the gorillas, I guess. Y- yeah. Yeah. That's actually one of the things that I think might have been altered uh, before like it actually got released after 9-11 like i think that maybe he was meant to be like a little bit more of a villain like i know he's an asshole in the movie yeah. like in the final cut but i think maybe he was supposed to be more of a like more of a villain and maybe the with, studio thought that that was like too unpatriotic or something yeah with maybe dubious interests or yeah. whatever yeah. yeah like maybe they were like let's like not make him well he said uh, the director said the studio and them did get into it a few times about like when they'd be like, oh, this this area's ruined, what happened? It was the uh-huh. gorillas. Or they uh-huh. would say, like, it's U.S. influence, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They didn't want to get into that kind of stuff because yeah. of the whole terrorism. I kind of got the vibe thing. that they wanted to make this movie yeah. feel, like, a little more patriotic. Yeah. Than... We should, before we before we advance past the Columbia stuff, we should talk about arguably the highlight of the movie in Colombia, which is the weird waterfall scene that's like yeah. meant to be a reference to the fugitive, yeah, or an homage. So when does that happen? He's that's when he's escaping the uh, the authorities. No, he takes the bus to go to to go to the air the gorilla zone, and then some gorillas stop the bus for passes or mm. whatever. Oh, that's, that's right. right. And he runs with the crowd. Yeah. And he gets separated, and yeah. he has to escape down this waterfall. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Uh, it's it's all shot kind of like the fugitive yeah. uh, dam scene. Yeah. Um, but, but with terrible CGI. It's hideous CGI. Really bad. It yeah. might be the worst I've seen since, like... Like Odyssey Amandasante. Like <laughs> when we're watching him fall down that waterfall, like I don't know what we're looking at. <laughs> well, I, I, I know I've said at least like four times that it might be the worst CGI I've ever seen on uh, this show alone, but this is pretty bad. I wouldn't say the worst. I would yeah. say some of the other stuff that we've watched for this show it might be yeah. a little worse, but like uh, it's pretty bad yeah but it's it's bad it's on that like imposter yeah uh yeah there's also the end that like ending explosion has like really bad or like a piece of metal flies by him yeah yeah like those those like special effects are terrible yeah there's Uh, some some really bad uh fire in this movie too if if you guys ever watch the special the like commentary i don't wish it on anyone but he's like (laughs) The director would be like, oh, yeah, this is the part where, like, we CGI'd him in. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> it looks terrible. He's like, he even shouts out the guy who did it, Bill Mesa, who somehow worked on Deep Blue Sea, but, like, yeah. which is pretty good special effects. I mean, my guess is budgetary time constraints, too. Just yeah. the fact that a lot of this movie changed over its weird yeah. production yeah. that, you know, he, they may not, have, may not have had a full team, they may not have had the time they needed, yeah. they may have to make changes on the fly. I mean, it, it's hard to it's hard to blame any of the VFX yeah. people because yeah. yeah. we know that it had to be tampered with. Yeah. yeah, I know they were close on a budget because, like, Arnold wasn't there for a lot of filming, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But you guys get to talk about Bill Mesa again because he did uh, Pluto Nash and Death to Smoochie. <laughs> Two this more is the special effects guy, right? Yeah. 
I believe I could I could have this wrong, but I think he actually worked on the fugitive, and he did the uh, uh, the bus like uh, the bus escape scene where the the bus gets hit by the train. Uh-huh. Like he was the special effects guy on that. Well, I, that would make sense. Then Andrew Davis would yeah. shout him out yeah. specifically because yeah. I'm sure it was a whole team of people. Right. Yeah. But uh, I always think. I always think of the parody of that scene from Wrongfully Accused. Sure. When the, when the bus plinks like a uh, like a pinball machine <laughs> down a mountain and it makes the sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Some great comedy in in that film. Uh, very good movie. Yeah. Very good. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Uh, so so they go to America. Yeah. Uh, they travel back to America. They're picked up in a helicopter by Elias Coteus and. The CIA or the FBI or the both of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, they go back to like the headquarters building. Uh, right? They're in Washington D.C. and yeah. they go to what's it's a made-up building. It's I mean I, like, I know yeah, it's, it's a made-up like building. A CIA like CIA headquarters, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Right, and they're they're like interviewing the wife about kind of the intel. Yeah, they're just provide. showing her photos of like. The White yeah. House and the Capitol building. Yeah, because she's mentioned that she knows that there's going to be, like, another attack at a high-profile Very building. funny to imagine just showing her a picture of the White House. She's like, oh, yeah, that one. Well, like, <laughs> yeah. everyone doesn't know the White House. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know how yeah. people in other countries uh. perceive it. <laughs> so they're just showing her all these photos of places that would be, like, a good spot Meanwhile, Arnold's on babysitting duty again. Yeah, Arnold's just, just like hanging out with that fucking kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It's a good thing they didn't have showers there. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, should we mention that when we watched this movie, that, oh. that there was so much talk about Arnold showering with, with young boys? Uh, so we all, we all watched this together because... Uh, Arnold showering with that kid at the beginning of the movie made such an impression on Dan <laughs> that he thought... Well, okay. Yeah, so, okay. for context, it, it was just every chance I got, I would do a terrible Arnold impression and ask where the shower was or ask, let me shower with that boy. <laughs> Come to the shower with Arnold. Do it, do it now. <laughs> it it made this movie a lot more uh, entertaining and easier to get through to imagine that uh, one of Gordy Brewer's motivations was just wanting to have a shower with a a young boy, and uh, I don't think it was even in a sexual way, right? No, he just wanted to. No, it's it's purely just for fatherly reasons, yeah, or whatever. It's just like I just want to have shower time with this boy. <laughs> Well, he was so, like, interested in the kid. Yeah. And and Arnold just can't sell it in a tender way. So it just comes across as just being, like, the Hulk hanging out with this little, (laughs) like, kid. And it's it's weird. Yeah.
she's helping the, you know, the FBI and the CIA trying to help them figure out what the next target is. Yeah, she's going through it with Jane Lynch of with Glee Flame. Jane Game. Lynch, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who has worked with Andrew Davis before. She's She was in The Fugitive. She also you know. worked with yours truly, Travis. Yeah, I do know. I do know. I was on episode one of Glee. Yes. I got to work with her. I do know that you, you worked with Jane Lynch on, on Glee. Yeah. She's a very nice lady. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. American bitch. Mm-hmm. As a reference <laughs> to uh, Best in Show. Best in Show. Uh, uh, yeah. So, shortly after this, should we get to the big reveal? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like... First, Arnold has to go take out a Lobo, right? Uh, no, I think no, that's after, after. That's after. I think the oh, twist okay. has the twist to come first yeah. before oh, okay, that. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, I... yeah, so they're at the CIA headquarters, and uh, Arnold kind of has like a Chaz Palminteri and usual suspects moment There's where he, epiphany, yeah. yeah, where he realizes that. Uh, that well, she is actually a Lobo. Yeah, so the way he figures it out is very stupid. <laughs> yeah. Because um, the, earlier in the movie, uh, there's, like, footed, you know, like, a terrorist video of El yeah. Lobo, like, in a mask with, like, a voice box. Mm-hmm. And uh, El Lobo does this, like, hand gesture where, yeah. he, like, they slap their hands together. Right. And then later, like I'm gonna slap you, like yeah, like yeah. like one hand is meant to be a face, the other is meant to be you know slapping it. Yeah. And uh, later, she is she has to go into the other room she, in the CIA she, place. She says that she has to go to the bathroom. That's right. And yeah. she wants to bring her son uh, with her, who is again very attached to Arnold at this point. Yeah. And the kid doesn't want to go. Right. And, and she's she, like... She does that gesture. Yeah. She's like, come on, or I'm going to smack you one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like... Arnold's like, don't worry, I got it. <laughs> I, I can be his dad. <laughs> it's fine. I'll take it from here. <laughs> uh, and then there's like a moment uh, where she like... She pauses and she's like, okay, I'll, I'll leave him with you uh and then she goes to the bathroom and then arnold uh i don't know why it takes him so long to figure this out but he he, there's like a flashback to him remembering the video Mm -hmm. of you know the the masked terrorist making that hand gesture and then he there's a flashback of her doing that hand gesture from like 30 seconds saw like seconds ago and then he's like oh (laughs) <laughs> it's her it was her the whole time yeah uh and then he basically realizes that the building that he is in is the target of right el lobo um and then it turns out the bomb's in the dinosaur yeah the bomb is in a toy dinosaur which the, <laughs> the kid uh unwittingly smuggled in right yeah, I mean, it was just the kid's toys, so yeah. the FBI didn't, like, check it out or anything. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they let him put the toy in the little box yeah, outside the metal detector. Yeah, that is kind of odd. There was yeah. a, apparently a deleted scene where Arnold wins the toy at in the first scene they meet. 
Uh-huh. Like, throwing baseballs at that carnival thing. <laughs> oh, he wins the... He wins the dinosaur, the dinosaur toy, okay. and that becomes the bomb. I guess yeah. that explains the significance of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they put the bomb in the dinosaur toy to bomb <laughs> CIA headquarters. With a dinosaur. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Arnold reveals this, gets everyone to get down or get into the other room, uh-huh. and then he throws a briefcase out this, like, skylight that just... Yeah. Thankfully, this is a room with a big skylight. Yeah, yeah. it's a good thing they're <laughs> yeah. in a skyscraper with a skylight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so Arnold like throws a briefcase through the window, <laughs> which shatters the window right away. Which yeah. you think they would have like bulletproof glass up there, and yeah. it would not be easily shattered by like one briefcase being chucked at it. Yeah. But anyway, he breaks the window and then chucks the dinosaur through the window, and it blows up just outside the window so it's you know kind of like mm-hmm. minimal harm and i don't think anyone was actually like yeah seriously hurt in the explosion or anything yeah like people just get like glass blown on them basically mm-hmm. yeah. uh yeah so arnold gordy he saves the day yeah and they also uh during that time they they find like while he's figuring all that out, they find out that El Lobo dropped off a briefcase in, like, Grand Central Station or something. Yeah, so there was, like, a little bit of a red herring. Or, like, uh, Selena tries to throw off the CIA by suggesting that the real target is Grand Central Station. Uh, and El Lobo is actually, or Cliff Curtis, rather, is at Grand Central Station uh, pretending to like leave a bomb there yeah but he doesn't because that's not the real target uh and then cliff curtis and selena escape in the tunnels that are underneath the cia headquarters and grand central station or whatever and gordy figures out that that's their escape route and he follows them there yeah, and yeah. then he uses like, the like buttons in the control room, to block their exit. Yeah, he yeah. figures out their escape route, and he does. He like plants this booby trap. Incredibly resourceful firefighter. Yeah. Using yeah. his firefighter knowledge. Uh, Classic acumen that all firefighters <laughs> have. Uh, what does he do? He like lights. He like creates a gas leak. Yeah, he like uses an axe to cut the like poles. That have gas and something yeah. makes fire out of it. So knowing that when, um, like, he's just assuming that a Lobo is going to fire a gun yeah. at some point that will create a spark that will ignite a large explosion. Yeah. That won't kill him. Just somehow. basically turns it, that little, like, tunnel into, like, a powder keg. Yeah. That's, yeah. like, primed to explode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, if, a really stupid showdown. If this yeah. movie, like, sounds fun based on what we're saying... It's, it's not. It's not, not that fun. No. Uh, um, because we're saying the, like, most interesting parts, but, like, it's really only about, like, maybe two to five minutes of actual action most yeah. of the time. Uh, like, you could add up all the, like, interesting action parts of this movie, and it would probably be five to ten minutes of the movie total (laughs) like it's not a lot it's yeah mostly expository stuff yeah because there's just a really dumb like thriller 
section in the middle, like all the Columbia stuff, uh, which is a shame because I I think Andrew Davis is capable of like making really solid like action thrillers. Yeah, he made some great ones. Yeah. Well, he was up to a point, <laughs> and then yeah. his career really, really uh, kind of tanks. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, like, probably with, like, what, Chain Reaction is where it all started going downhill for him. Right. So, like, in, like, the, the 70s, I think he was, like, a cinematographer who worked on kind of, like, black exploitation and exploitation uh, genre movies, and and then he, like, once we he got to the 80s uh he started to make his own movies and direct his own movies and i think the package or no above the law was like his first big movie i think and then after that we got the package and i just think those are good like movies with like really great location work i've always thought he was like one of the like the direct like the action directors that were really like really good at using locations. Yeah, I think Above the Law is great for that. Yeah. Um just like the the locations that they use I think have so much character and especially with The Fugitive, which I think is his masterpiece. And then You forgot about Under Siege. Oh, Under Siege. Masterpiece, yes. there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but then yeah, after The Fugitive I think he makes movies with a lot less, like, personality. Uh, yeah, especially, like, The Guardian. Yeah. The Guardian's <laughs> such a uh, nameless, like, faceless movie. Like, yeah. Like, it could have been directed by any, like, random studio guy. Uh, this sucks. Uh, he did Holes, which is so weird. Yeah. In the, it really sticks out among his filmography. I mean, I, I would actually say the Holes is... Uh, better than basically anything he did <laughs> since since Chain Reaction, but like it is very different. Yeah, uh, and he, then Chain Reaction's bad too. Yeah, I mean at least Chain Reaction is like kind of in the realm of some of the things that he was doing. Yeah, before the yeah. Fugitive, like it's like a chase thriller, right? And it's got a lot of those like Chicago character actors that he loves to use. Well, I feel like Chain Reaction was probably a movie that they're like, we we want you to do this because mm-hmm. you're you're yeah. that chase movie guy. Yeah, you did that big chase movie. Um, but he also did like a, a like a twin comedy with Andy Garcia, like called. Uh, hold on, let me look this up. I've never seen it. I think it's called like Steel Big Steel Little. <laughs> oh, <Wow>. cool. <laughs> Yeah, Steel Big, Steel Little. He did Twins? Yeah, uh, yeah, like an Andy Garcia twin comedy. And then he did Chain Reaction. And then he did A Perfect Murder. Um, And then probably this, Collateral Damage. Well, you want to rank our uh, top five Andrew Davis then? Yeah, we could do our favorite Andrew Davis movies. Uh, Did everybody do their list? Yeah mine up here while we're uh, waiting I got a weird fact about this movie Mm -hmm. so his son in this movie Matt Brewer Mm -hmm. is played by the newborn in Junior 
Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> Maybe Arnold really did have a close personal connection yeah. with that kid. Super weird. Uh, he birthed him from his womb. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, I'll go first. I'll start with my number five. Uh, holes is my number five. Andrew did. I've I've never seen the package. Oh, okay. Uh, which I think would be like a logical fifth option in his filmography for me yeah. if I had uh, but I mean I don't think Holes I don't know I, I was, we were a little too old for Holes when that came out I think just slightly Yeah. so we, we kind of missed that boat I know a lot of people really have a fondness for it though like mm-hmm. maybe a little younger than us right uh, I think it's like fine I guess not a movie I watch ever but functionally it's fine uh, so that's my number five. I, just by default, mostly. Yeah. Just because I, the other ones I've seen of his, I think, are bad. <laughs> right. Uh, well, my number five, uh, I think I've actually got a pretty good number five. Like, all these movies, I think, are either really good or good for what they are. And my number five is Code of Silence with Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that, but I've been meaning to. You should see it. Yeah. That was a movie Andrew and I watched pre-pandemic yeah uh it's pretty good it's like uh chuck norris's best performance in a movie by a lot yeah it's (laughs) it's like (laughs) strangely edited in a way that makes him seem like a good actor which i know i don't know what all of you guys are saying right now it seems like you guys are implying he's not a good actor (laughs) (laughs) chuck norris might be the single worst actor in any movie ever how dare you like if you watch some episodes of walker you're like this guy cannot be a human being like, <laughs> he got worse at acting yeah he's the only guy that was in movies for like three decades and somehow just got worse yeah. <laughs> like like his brain was like his skills were eroding over time <laughs> i have no idea what you guys are talking about <laughs> right, well, but this movie i think like the final product of this movie like makes it like chuck norris look pretty good as an actor so like good as octagon <laughs> it's a lot better than the octagon wow yeah yeah uh, really very i think the first screen performance for dennis farina too uh was that dennis farina uh because he, i don't he wasn't in thief yet i was gonna was say he? was he in thief i don't i thought he was just uh, a um consultant consultant on, maybe i can't thief I mean, he's obviously, like, a Chicago Oh, guy. yeah, he's in Thief. Okay, he does have yeah. a small role in Thief. But, yeah, so, I yeah. mean, Farina was a man guy, but, yeah, Farina was an actual Chicago cop yeah. for yeah. many years. So. Code of Silence was 85, yeah. uh, so quite a few, well, a few years after Thief. Thief was 81, yeah. 81, yeah. Uh but a, a very early screen performance yeah. for, even though he's not young, <laughs> it's a, it's an early screen performance for Dennis Farina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was still like a middle aged guy yeah. with yeah. a huge mustache. Uh, and Andrew Davis, I kind of i I kind of think of him when I think of Michael Mann. Uh, sure, two Chicago guys, two Chicago guys, and I think they just like. They're both directors who do a really good job of just, like, putting you in, like, a location. Well, especially Michael Mann, obviously, yeah. like, and he's kind of done that 
with a few different cities now because mm-hmm. he, he did it with L.A. really yeah. well with Heat and Collateral. Yeah. And then Miami, I guess, or, you know, just Florida, mm-hmm. Cuba with Miami Vice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, man, man, that's that's one of man's best strengths as a filmmaker, and it's part of the reason why he shoots digital is because he doesn't want his movies to look like artificial. He really wants you to feel yeah. like you're there. And that's right. that's like why I love Collateral and Miami yeah. Vice so much is because those movies, the way those movies are shot, like really like give you such a visceral like sensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Davis's best movies are like very obviously not shot on sets like they're on the streets of mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh yeah, Sakota Silence is pretty good. For and, uh, I've only seen seven, but my number five is The Guardian. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. After contra- after we just talked so much yeah, shit on yeah, The Guardian. Controversial opinion. Yeah. Uh, Do you like it? Uh, it's okay, but I had to watch Collateral Damage twice in a week, so that moved it under. <laughs> yeah. And then I've only other seen Holes as the other one, which I was too old for at the time. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I think if you rewatched it, you'd probably think Holes is a better movie, but maybe, maybe not one you'd rather watch than The yeah. Guardian, which is fair. Yeah. Um, and my number four is it did you have anything to say uh, do I do my number four or do you no, do your number four no good. I oh, started yeah, sorry yeah. yeah you started the fuck man <laughs> I'm just kidding uh, my number four is Code of Silence which we just talked about yeah uh, definitely definitely my favorite Chuck Norris performance uh-huh. uh, in a thing and yeah, a pretty good use of Chuck. Uh, uh, strange time in his career, too, because it was, like, almost peak popularity, Chuck. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even really, like, at a, you know, at a more moldable time mm-hmm. in his career. It was kind of Chuck at the the height of his powers, but yet it still is the probably the best use of him I've seen in a movie. Yeah, definitely personal opinion of course travis <laughs> i haven't seen it so maybe you, it'll, you it'll, would like you you would definitely yeah, like it'll it, hold up to delta force or yeah <laughs> and what and, and how hard it is to hold up to delta force yeah. um and my number four is above the law nice uh which is i think kind of similar to code of silence and that there are movies with these like big marquee action stars but they're like uh, like almost a little bit more about the plot than the than the main character because i you know like most seagal movies and most norris movies like it's all about them being like one man wrecking crews but yeah like code of silence and above the law i think are a little bit more about the story and like are more like about the crime plot well, Andrew Davis definitely the director to best use Steven Seagal on film. Like, yeah, those two movies are probably the smartest usage of Seagal because even under Siege, like yeah, it's kind of about Seagal kind of kicking ass, but it's closer to Die Hard. Whereas when you get to Under Siege two, Casey Ryback's like a legend. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Casey Ryback's on this train? <laughs> and it's like really stupid. Everybody knows who Casey Ryback but is at that point. But in, in Under Siege 1, it's kind of like this guy 
kind of against the odds. Yeah. Being the guy to handle it. Yeah. It's a smarter way to do that thing than what Under Siege 2 does, which, don't get me wrong, Under Siege 2 is very entertaining, but uh, it's much dumber than Under Siege 1. I think the executive decision used him really well. (laughs) He's barely in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could argue that that is the correct way to use Steven Seagal. Yeah, he gets killed off at, like, the... 22 minute mark yeah you get sucked out of an airplane yeah spoiler alert yeah (laughs) spoilers for basically anything in the last like i don't know basically 2002 and earlier it's it's a it's a full go we will spoil whatever yeah because if you haven't seen it in that time period then (laughs) it can't be that big of a problem yeah Uh, my number four is uh the package pretty good Uh pretty solid movie yeah uh the I was gonna say the next my number three is the package, but I guess that's going out of order. Um, yeah, well, sorry you, about that. How do you? How sorry, hard? Keep... There's three of us. <laughs> how hard is it to remember that order? <laughs> sorry, I keep skipping you. Uh... <laughs> Goddamn, like playing fucking Uno with my nephews. Well, I was gonna say like a lot about. Yeah. I was gonna talk about the package at length, but I felt like I had to say that it was my next one. Uh, Why don't you save that for your own personal time, pal? <laughs> like I don't want to hear about that. Uh, but yeah, the package just another cool Chicago movie. Yeah. Uh, just a solid Cold War thriller with Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. Dan, what's your number three? Let's be through. Yeah, sorry. Reverse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck me, man. Uh, <laughs> my number, th- my number. Th- <laughs> Why don't you go fuck the package thing? <laughs> uh, my number three is Above the Law, uh, which is a movie I own an action figure for. Well, I don't know if I still have it. I do too. The Nico Toscani one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to have that action figure. Um, I used to like bring it with me to school. I don't know if you remember that, Andrew. Uh, yes, I do remember weird that. weird thing about me in high school. I I brought that with me yeah. in school because I thought it was like a funny personality quirk or whatever to do that. <laughs> you like put them in your front pockets? I like, did, yeah. In my jacket pocket, yeah. yeah. yeah I, this could be a good icebreaker. Yeah. I, I'll bring... I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to psychoanalyze my great self. Um, but <laughs> so, <laughs> above the law, good movie though. Good Seagal movie. Yeah, it's got Henry Silva. Who's of course, like, Henry Silva's in like all those early Andrew Davis and, movies. Yeah, he's also the villain in Code of Silence. Yeah, yeah. Guess uh, I'll go with my number three then. Uh, uh, the, the, the Fugitive. <laughs> Fuck you. Controversial. <laughs> Controversial. We're going like uh, so. Uh, like hey. these are all so jumbled. It would make it would be easier if we talked about these uh, in the same order, but. Uh. <laughs> wow! But we all, I guess, regard these movies a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. I have the correct opinion, and you guys. Well, I don't know about have that. A tertiary opinion. So yours was your number three was the package, Andrew, and your number three was the fugitive. The fugitive. Yeah. Okay. That's a hot take. Yeah. That's a hot take. I have those. I mean, you do. You do. Out of everyone I know, you have probably the most of them. Yeah. In my opinion, of course, that's subjective too. What? Hmm. I'm still trying to process the fugitive being Andrew Davis's third best movie. Uh, Frankly, yes. <laughs> I am actually a little 
like I knew that you wouldn't have it yeah. in the number one spot. I but now I'm trying to think. Number two. Now I'm trying to think what. Oh wait, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, it's I, just the okay. Yeah. I I know. I don't know how you guys haven't picked up on this. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, well, it's just because we're talking about the same movies in different orders. orders here. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Because Andrew Andrew Davis doesn't have a crazy huge filmography. No. Right. Uh, and his like good movies are clearly his good movies, and his bad movies are clearly his huh. bad movies. Chain so. reaction, clearly one, right? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's what we're building towards. Uh, well, The Fugitive is a flawless movie. Perfect film. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great movie with a great it's, sequel. It's five. Well, <laughs> not not a great sequel. What? Uh, nickel plated sissy pistol talking. I I know that you hold U.S. Marshals in higher regard than the fugitive, and I think that is a bad opinion. It has Robert <laughs> Downey Jr.'s in it. That's not a reason. Artie Squared's in it. Well, not a reason he's in like every Marvel movie. Exactly. The the fugitive is probably my favorite chase thriller of all time. I mean, I think it's I I wouldn't even say it's. A favorite, I would say it's like the premier chase thriller of all time. Yeah, like I don't think that movie formula has ever been done better before or since. Yeah, uh, in in my opinion. So obviously, uh, I think we've kind of revealed what our number ones are going to be. But my number two is uh, Under Siege. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Under, Under Siege is great. Under Siege is yeah. great. Like. It, I know, I know that it's apparently a, a hot take to think it's like not as good as the Fugitive, but <laughs> um, apparently, uh, but yeah, Under Siege is great. It's a yeah, fun it's movie. Uh, it's probably the best, uh, probably the best Die Hard on a blank movie. I think right. Like Die Hard. Oh, that'd ship. be an interesting list to yeah, try to come I, up with. The I, best Die Hard ripoffs. I think we can, you know, if we really want to, we can have a debate about whether or not we think Speed is a Die Hard on a bus movie. Uh, because if we, if we would consider Die Speed to be Die Hard on a bus, I would say Speed is. I, it is. I don't think so. It's. I think it. I think it's a little different than. Yeah, I think it's. Die Hard adjacent, yeah. maybe is how I would describe it. But yeah. I think he's an expert. And not that, like, John McClane's a cop, but he's like a cop in the wrong place at the yeah. wrong time. And I think Keanu's there specifically mm-hmm. to, you know, figure shit out. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he has to figure shit out because he just happened to be there. Yeah, so Casey Ryback's the chef Navy SEAL. <laughs> exactly. And that, that is a very clear yeah. Die Hard. Like, uh, Under Siege uh, is Die Hard on a battleship. Yeah. But yeah. Speed is, like... I think because Speed is bookended by scenes that don't take place on the bus, mm-hmm. I think it makes it a little different than those other movies that are obviously, like, Die Hard clones. Yeah, well, I mean, Die Hard has, like, the the airport and limo stuff yeah. before before the movie, or before the movie really gets going. Yeah. But, like, I would say if but, if either Speed is going to be considered a Die Hard ripoff, 
speed to cruise control yeah, much more of a diary yeah, ripoff. It's all on the cruise ship. Yeah. Right, yeah. and they were on vacation. Yeah. Like, they just happened to be there for this right. thing. It wasn't like Jason Patrick is, like, <laughs> airlifted to this yeah. boat so he can, you know, take down Willem Dafoe. Right. But, Extremely stupid movie, Speed but, 2. Cruise yeah, but Speed 1 has, like, protracted, like, set pieces at the beginning and at the end that are almost like their own. Yeah, I'm not sure Speed could exist without Die Hard, but I don't think of it as being yeah. any more than just kind of, like, roughly inspired yeah. by it. I, I don't think of it as being, like, a direct <laughs> ripoff. Right. The yeah. way Under Siege is, even though yeah. I like Under Siege. Yeah, I, I would argue, that's what I'm saying, is that I would just argue that Speed is not a, a diehard on a blank. Movie. No, I think we're all in agreement yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, uh, should I get my number two? Yeah, what's uh, your number uh, two, My Travis? number two is Above the Law, which is uh, Above the Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait a second. Your number two is Above the Law? That's correct. He hasn't said Under Siege yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm so confused. I was trying to think, what is your number one then? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Above the law rules. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. What's your number two, Andrew? Uh, my number two is Under Siege. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones gets stabbed in the top of the head in that movie. Gary Busey? Yeah. yeah. He's got a great cast of dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good movie. It's got all the Andrew Davis players. Uh, well, my number one's obviously the Fugitive. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't really feel like I need to justify that to anybody except Travis. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Fugitive I could watch right now. The Fugitive's a masterpiece. Uh, my number one is the other masterpiece, Under Siege. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's not egregious. It's not like you're saying The Guardian or whatever. Yeah, no. but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I don't really get it. <laughs> I have to uh, say, I don't really understand thinking that it's not as good as... We'll thing. watch The Fugitive and Under Siege back-to-back. We'll see who got a better time. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a good time. Those are both good movies. I'm happy to watch both of them. I just don't... I just can't imagine uh, thinking that Under Siege is better. But hey, that's the beauty of... Uh, movies it's It's all it's all subjective yeah uh so yeah that's our andrew davis uh rankings Um, do you want to briefly do an arnold top five too since we we prepared those for this yeah yeah so i guess we talked a little bit about arnold's career uh but we didn't really say what our favorite arnold films were uh who wants to go first travis Uh, i'll go first uh number five i have jingle all the way Holds, mm-hmm. holds a place in all of our hearts. I'm wearing a Jingle All the Way t-shirt currently. <laughs> yeah, Travis and I have the exact same Jingle All the Way t-shirt. Not on at the same, you know, we're not both wearing them right now. <laughs> but uh, we, I, I sent Travis the link to that shirt, and there were like three versions of that shirt. And we both just picked the same one. We didn't tell each other which one we were getting. Uh, so that was kind of funny. We're, uh, we're both the proud owners of Turbo Men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine was a gift, and yours, you bought for yourself. <laughs> yeah, but I do love it. Thank you. It's a great gift. Uh, should, should we take a, a photo for the social media with Travis and his shirt? Sure. Uh, we can. Yeah, or I, 
I, I could take a picture in my shirt, and then we could post both of them. Yeah. Holding our turbo men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can, I can do a selfie of all of us. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I'm not wearing mine, though, right now. Oh, that's right. Dan's not wearing his. I'm wearing just a, a normal <laughs> shirt. <laughs> mine, mine is a, 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 uh, a target, target brand. Goodfellow? Shout out to Goodfellow. Yeah. yeah. That's another uh, thing Travis and I... Travis has shown up to my house... Like to hang out before, and uh, I have we've been wearing the exact same like outfit basically from Target, <laughs> and then I'm like, well, fuck, and then I have to go <laughs> change before we go I mean, anywhere. I'm wearing a good fellow right now, also. If they I mean, want to sponsor the podcast, yeah. absolutely, we'd be up for that. They yeah, the great clothing, they brand, got affordable uh, prices, yeah. quality yeah. shirts. They are terrific basics. Yeah. And use Squarespace and, uh, and me undies <laughs> and Manscaped yeah, and, and all the other Mooby. Mooby, yes. They sponsor Blank Check a lot. And you can go with just all the Blank Check ones, which is like uh, <laughs> Brooklyn in sheets. I would take some towels and sheets. <laughs> uh, we'll, all right. we'll take sponsors, is yeah, what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, eventually we'll be able to apply for them. We're coming up on a thousand total downloads, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been waiting until we get close to saying anything, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, and all of a sudden nobody ever listens to our show. Ever I'll, I'll push us over. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, this done. episode will yeah. blow the roof off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my number five is also Jingle All the Way. Uh, I, I mean, since it's a favorite list, not necessarily what I would say the best Arnold movies, I probably would have put like Terminator on there if it. If it was that, but favorite, I have to do it. I I love Jingle All the Way too much. Yeah, my well documented love for that movie. Right. Uh, yeah, we should probably do an episode on Jingle All the Way. I mean, I mean, I, I I talk about it all the time, like off yeah. mic, just personally. We'll have to figure out a way to maybe officially tie it in, but. Yeah, or maybe just next Christmas we just do yeah. an episode on it. Right. Because maybe it got a DVD release in 2002. Uh, maybe. Yeah. It's possible. Because oh. that was around the time when DVDs, DVDs were really taking yeah. off. So. Yeah, if we can find a way to qualify it, we should. <laughs> um, uh, so my number five, and I should probably preface this by saying that I am just doing... Um, Movies where Arnold is the star. Oh, yeah. Uh, so my number five is uh, True Lies. Yeah, I, I I agree, though, with your thing. Yeah. I left off the long goodbye off yeah. my list um, uh, because he's just like a cameo. Right. I also left out the long goodbye, which uh, would have been my number one because I love that movie. Um <laughs> But that's not really an Arnold. Movie. It's not an Arnold movie at all. He's just yeah. in it as a henchman, so yeah. that wouldn't count. Um, yeah, left out killing Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, my number five is True Lies. Travis was shaking his head. He disagrees. I think I definitely disagree. Travis, big True Lies guy. Yeah. Uh, True Lies did not make my five. What? Huh. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I've gone to the uh, lengths of owning the Spanish True Lies because they have True Lies on Blu-ray. Well, we, we had to we had to have you on so you could represent the True Lies fandom. The truther. Uh, I will say briefly before we move on to your number four, Travis, 
that Duke All the Way actually got released on DVD in November 1998. It was an extremely oh, early wow, DVD. Oh, wow, very early. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no 2002 uh, DVD, so we'll have to figure out another way to, to yeah. shoehorn that in. Right. It did exist in 2002, so... That's true. I mean, yeah. we could just fucking do it because I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, that would have been the four-year anniversary, right? Or, I'm sorry, the six-year. What am I talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, six-year. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I... Yeah. We'll, we'll do a Jingle All the Way episode. It'll happen eventually. Yeah. All right, number fours. Yeah, go uh, for number it. Number four is a T2. Okay. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. All right. Um... Okay, my number four is Commando. Mm. Nice. Uh, just a perfect eighties action movie. It's a great John Matrix. I mean, yeah, his yeah his his highs like these movies that we're like about to talk about for the rest of our lists are so fucking good at what they are. Like you could sit there, like I don't know, like I give Commando f- like five stars, <laughs> which is funny because like. I would also give a movie like The Long Goodbye five stars. Yeah. And I always say I would say that, you know, The Long Goodbye is a better movie. But, like, for what it is, like, Commando's fucking perfect. It's yeah. so fucking funny and interesting for, and good. Yeah, 80s action movie. Commando's uh, pretty perfect. Um, that uh, That is my number three. Commando. Mm. Okay. Well, what's yeah. your number four? Oh, shit. I skipped again. <laughs> God. <laughs> Never played a board uh, game with Andrew. <laughs> it's it's tricky when we're all talking about like the same movies in slightly different order. Uh, my number four is T two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should say now that uh, like obviously T two is probably a better movie than Commando, but I would prefer to watch Commando at any time. Yeah, I I, I feel the same way. Like, I Commando didn't make my top five, but uh, I. I would rather watch it than T2, which is my number four. Um, but yeah, I just think T2 is a better movie. Okay. Yeah. Three? Uh, three, nice. I have a Total Recall. Mm-hmm. It's a, okay. It's a fun time. Total Recall fucking rules. Uh, yeah. We will get to yeah. on my list. Yeah. Uh, well, my number three is Predator, which is, again, like, same description for Commando, just a fucking perfect 80s action movie. Uh, Obviously, spawned some very stupid sequels mm-hmm. uh, and franchises, but uh, yeah, I mean, just I mean, just talk about a movie that's had like an everlasting impact on like pop culture because now it's even like the handshake meme of Arnold and Carl Weathers like gripping each other's um, forearms, like, and that's turned into this like meme that now like TikTok kids who are. <laughs> too young to understand or know about a predator will ever even realize but yeah it's just a movie that's lived on and it's like over the top machismo you know ever since so it's so fucking good and so funny and yeah cool. predator rules yeah yeah uh so who's next so you would i guess note number two because you uh, well no i should say my two. i should say my number three right officially officially yeah. number three yeah okay. My number three, as we just said, is Commando. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, my number two is Predator, so we already... Yeah. It's, it's yeah, great. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. 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 
uh, Predator's fantastic. I mean, yeah. there's never been... I think no Predator movie has captured that magic. I mean, yeah, they're all terrible. Uh, I mean, I think, is okay. I think, yeah, I think uh, Predators is is fun. Yeah. That's the Nimrod one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the new, the newer Predator, Shane Black the Shane one. Black one. I had a couple laughs, but it wasn't good. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah that, that's, f- the, the Shane Black one, I think, is funny because it has, like, like, the charm of, like, an, like, kind of a goofy 90s uh, action movie, but yeah. it's, like, but not, like, a good 90s action movie, like, a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> well, interesting that we talk about Predator because... I think you could make the case that John McTiernan is the best action director maybe of all time. Because I mean, he did Die yeah. Hard, he did Predator, and those are two eternal classics of yeah. the genre. Mm-hmm. Maybe not of all time, but certainly of that time period. And he, of course, directed next week's episode, or two weeks from now, uh, Rollerball. Oh, yeah, a movie that great. I... <laughs> Cannot wait to talk yeah. about. We're going to um, be able to talk more about So it. much interesting stuff that we could discuss when it yeah. comes to that movie. Also, if you haven't watched it, anyone that's listening, or you should check out the uh, Predator footage with Jean-Claude Van Damme in that weird, like, tech outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty I, great. I've, I've heard about it, but I've never yeah. watched it. it it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Because he was almost supposed to play the Predator. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. just looks like a stupid, like, tick that like cartoon <laughs> uh, my number two is Terminator 2 Judgment Day yeah uh, which is great of course yeah fucking it's a classic uh, yeah. I think I would actually probably rather watch that than Commando and uh, Predator not that I love them like I think all I think like basically all of these except Jingle All The Way are five star movies just like I would say Predator, um, Terminator 2 is a more important movie than Predator and Commando, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I think it just did so much for, like, visual effects and stuff for that time period. Yeah. And, I don't know, it's, to me, it's, like, the, the kind of, like, premier James Cameron thing project Mm -hmm. i know travis travis is just itching to say his number one yeah (laughs) so uh he would maybe disagree with me there but yeah i don't know to me that's just like when i think of james cameron's like kind of impact on cinema like i think of terminator 2 and it's so iconic Uh, and and terminator 1 is a good movie too and i didn't even (laughs) include that on this list yeah uh which has like the fucking great bill paxton scene mm-hmm. it was like hey pal was it laundry day when arnold's <laughs> naked because yeah. he like comes from fucking the future through the... <laughs> it's so yeah. good bill paxton great you know, oh B- t1 bill you put bill paxton in a james cameron movie and yeah. you got gold because yeah. he's great in t1 and he's great in aliens and he's great in true lies yeah uh speaking of should we do Number. Well, what's your number two? Oh, my number two is Predator. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Travis. Is All right. One. Uh, the the correct number one for Arnold is uh, True Lies. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, True Lies uh, was a pretty big movie for me when I was like a little like a 
like an eight-year-old. I watch that movie like all the time on VHS. Do it slowly. Do it <laughs> sexy. sexy. <laughs> Uh, it's great. Uh, I haven't seen True Lies in a long time, but I'm, I think I'm a little lower on it than than you guys. I not that I think it's bad, just not. It doesn't quite have the same impact that a lot of these other ones did for me. Uh, yeah, it's like not as much of an action movie as the rest of the ones. Yeah, I mean, are... it's more of like a borderline satire of yeah it's like because it's a, a, a remake of a french comedy right yeah that yeah. I've, I've never seen yeah i've never seen it yeah no. i mean i don't want to speak too generally but a lot of those french satires are so broad and like unfunny that i have no interest in ever seeing <laughs> whatever true lies was based on like right I'm surprised andrew hasn't seen it <laughs> I, I mean, don't know. I, if, I don't know if he likes that genre. Those genre of French movies are way different than most. Like, like those are like the fucking like like the original Taxi or something like that. Yeah, like those the those big broad, broad like French spoofs are kind of like I don't know who's like the hackiest. Like those are like the Kevin James movies of America. <laughs> like that's like <laughs> what those movies are to France. They're just like big big like crowd pleaser type things or whatever and some of them get adapt adapted here like uh <laughs> the funniest <laughs> one that i always forget about is just visiting the genre no right. night movie that was based on one of those that was a huge hit in yeah. france and it's just like that was a huge hit <laughs> like that's so <laughs> stupid <laughs> which, that movie nobody fucking remembers the american version at yeah. all which also starred jean renault right yeah he was yeah. in both yeah yeah like a french time travel comedy <laughs> oh uh, lovely I you don't remember just visiting? I know. Oh, he's like a knight, and the poster is like <laughs> him poking his head, looking confused through a manhole cover, like in New York City. <laughs> oh, I do remember, <laughs> you remember that. that? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about that in like uh, twenty years. Nobody. Has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like. Have, I, guess. I think I I kind of pride myself on having a good memory with a lot of movies but i think i saw that and i don't remember anything about it <laughs> yeah christina applegate yeah the lead in it that's about all i could really tell you yeah. uh, other than it being bad I, th- I think i watched it on comedy central maybe yeah um <laughs> well my number one uh, uh it's andrew's number one too i already, I already know that just based on the, the you know process of, of elimination yeah, yeah yeah uh it's total recall uh, it's the, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's my favorite. Total Recall's badass. Yeah. I thought you like... guys were going to go the last stand for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we were definitely leaning towards, um, the rundown. Or that oh, Jackie what? Chan one we just watched. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. God, that's the worst. <laughs> what that was is that? the worst if uh... you did the bottom. That was uh, Man in the Iron Mask? Yeah, yeah think, what was that called? It's called? I think it's just called The Iron Mask. The, the Iron, Iron Mask, Mask. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, terrible film. Yeah, I thought you guys had a good time. But, no. Total Recall's like, it's like a great action movie, a great sci-fi movie, a great comedy, like, all yeah. rolled into one. It's uh, it's my favorite Verhoeven movie, even though I know you could go with RoboCop or... You know, he's got a few classics, but, like... Yeah. 
Uh, for me, like Total Recall is just like the perfect Verhoeven thing, mm-hmm. which is just like satire operating on like so many different levels and like it works in basically every genre that it even dabbles in so it's yeah yeah total recall fucking rules yeah Um, yeah total recall on robocop are like really good like stealthy comedies that are also really good action movies mm -hmm. or action sci-fi movies uh yeah, I love Total Recall. I think Total Recall, even though it has stiff competition from Commando, I think Total Recall has the best Arnold one-liners, too, of, of yeah. all of his movies. Um, like, just the, like, the like scene where he, like, fakes out the guys with, like, he's like, he's like I'm over here, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, got the... The, the double and stuff. I don't know. It's so good. It's so good. I, I could watch Total Recall like weekly probably and have a good time. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to, we don't have, I know we didn't prepare this, but I just mm-hmm. want to briefly go over the, the five worst Arnold movies on my list. Yeah. And if you yeah. guys have that access, you can read yours too. Yeah. I've got mine handy. So I, I can, I can do it. <laughs> I could probably actually find your yeah. list from when we did this list yeah. during quarantine, Travis. Uh, <laughs> My bottom five is End of Days, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Batman and Robin, uh, The Kid and I. <laughs> we, could, we could talk for hours about what a weird movie The Kid and I is. And then uh, Iron Mask, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so my bottom five... A little similar to Dan's is uh, number five is Travis isn't gonna like this, but The Expendables two. That's Travis's bottom five actually, because I pulled up Travis's wow. list. Take that. So uh, I think he's actually fine with that. Okay. Expendables two. Number four is The Kid and I. Which is, we've that, talked about this before. Yeah, a seeing that was a dreamlike experience, and not in a good way. Like no, that was the most bizarre movie I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's another one too, where I don't know if that fully counts, like because he's not really like the it's lead a of that movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I, I don't feel like redoing the list. For yeah, that. Uh, my number three is The Expendables 1. No way. Which is, I think, awful. (laughs) Uh, Number two is Batman and Robin. (laughs) And then number one is The Iron Mask. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mine, I haven't updated it since, but The Iron Mask would be number one, Uh, or the worst one. Uh, But uh, from there would be Batman and Robin Jr., Mm. Uh, Terminator Genesis and uh, Raw Deal. Raw Deal is your least favorite Arnold film? No, no, other way. Oh, sorry. That was your... I got it. That'd be the number five. Yeah. Okay. So Uh, the the Iron Mask is for sure the worst. Wait, so would you have Raw Deal still below Collateral Damage? Uh, Yes. If you could. Yeah. Because I saw Collateral Damage was higher. Yeah, I I definitely need to move it down. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It would probably be uh, somewhere in the like uh escape room section 
Okay. Escape plan. Escape, or escape plan. Yeah, 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 sorry. I wish he was in the escape room movies. <laughs> that would rule. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think having just watched Collateral Damage, I would move it further down significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd probably have it, maybe not like bottom five, but... It's... For reference, it's my, like, seventh from the bottom now. Yeah. So it's it's in that bottom ten now. I would probably put it below T, T3. Uh, like, I think uh, I'd rather watch T3 ugh. than Collateral Damage. I don't know. <laughs> T3 is really bad. <laughs> uh, that movie's really, really bad. I think I, I had Collateral hate. Damage in, like, the fifth, 12 spot, and I would probably move it down to, like, the 20-something, 23rd, 24th. Yeah. Uh, well, this is probably the best time to do Final Judgments, yeah, right? Let's, yeah. let's, let's wrap this up. Did we, did we even wrap up what happens? Uh, uh, well, I, oh, them. no, yeah. I guess <laughs> no, we, we didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess we skipped the, like, the final moments of collateral damage. Yeah, so he set up the little trap with the gases, and they drove back, and they start shooting. Yeah. And then the the bomb thing kind of blows up, but it does mm. no damage to anyone. Yeah. It just blows up the motorcycle somehow. Right. Everybody's, like, unscathed. Yeah, it just like burns they, their clothes. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, fist fights both of them until they, they die. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. he throws Selena into, like, a control panel. Yeah. And she gets electrocuted. And Very, then, like, video game yeah. death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, he throws an axe through. Right. He, yeah. uh, Firefighter stuff. Yeah. yeah, he... At the very last minute, he picks up an axe and throws it at uh, Cliff Curtis and nails him right in the, the chest and kills him. And then, as we all know, in the adoption laws of America, if you kill someone's parents, you get to take their child home. Yeah, he does just, like, he leaves the CIA building with that fucking kid. Yeah. And, like, that's just allowed. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. just now the guardian. Yeah. I yeah. killed both of your parents, yeah. and now I'm the legal guardian. Uh, yeah, and I think they maybe play some, like, uh, like news, uh, like a newsreel yeah, like, like audio from like hero. some news footage over like the final moments yeah. or like the aerial shot rather of like explaining that Gordy Brewer is like this big hero who has been awarded the uh, uh, Medal of Honor. No, it's the civilian. Oh, the, the civilian yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the highest honor a yeah. civilian. I, I don't shoot. remember what it is. Congressional something or <laughs> Congressional yeah. Medal of Honor. Now yeah. that's the that's oh, is the military, that the military one? one? <laughs> yeah, the Medal of Honor. Okay, yeah, it's, well, it's something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Gordy Brewer is fucking, uh, I don't know. Extended cut, you you hear him showering with the kid. <laughs> that, that isn't a thing. Yeah. I'm the uh, kid in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Tim snapping a towel. Uh, because I just watched the package last night, I will say that's another thing that happens in the, the package is that it kind of has a lazy wrap-up where they just explain, like, the epilogue of the movie with, like, uh, with, like, audio from news Oh, I thought you meant that Gene Hackman gets uh, Tommy Lee Jones' children. <laughs> Gene Hackman takes showers yeah. with kids in that movie? Uh, no, they, they like, explain, like, how everything kind of wraps up by just playing audio from, like, news footage. Yeah. Uh, but... Well, speaking of lazy wrap-ups, yeah. let's... Let's wrap let's, it up. Let's wrap up collateral damage because we still got to do the box office and critic stuff. Oh yeah. 
before we uh, end this sucker. Yeah. Um, so, Travis, you're our guest. You can go first. You can, uh, if you want. Do you want to go first? Uh, I don't care. Okay. So just um, toss out a couple of thoughts and then give it a, a letter grade. All right. Yeah. Um, so overall, I thought this movie was obviously bad. Um, I thought, like, the turn part of it was okay. Like, her being the villain... Like, I, I didn't, like, I remember when I was a kid, I didn't really see that coming, necessarily. Mm. But I thought, like, the whole plot is ridiculous. He's a firefighter. <laughs> like, none of this yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, it's just, it was a terrible plot to begin with. But I, I thought the turn was okay. Um, but, yeah, it's not a good movie. Um, I would probably give this movie, like, a D. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually what I was thinking. I was thinking D yeah, for same. this one. I was going to give it a D uh, as well. Yeah. I went at, like, if I were to look at my records when I saw this in theaters, <laughs> my my list of grades that I gave movies, I think I probably would have given it, like, a C plus, maybe a B minus. Like, yeah, I think yeah. I liked this movie a little I definitely bit. liked yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, a little bit better when I was a kid. But, uh, yeah, on this watch, it's very, like, dull and without any kind of personality that for being just another Arnold action movie it's so boring yeah, yeah. which is the biggest crime you could commit if you're making yeah. one of these is to be boring because like yeah 6 days sucks it's really stupid but that mm-hmm. movie is not boring really like it's certainly a lot more entertaining than this movie yeah i would even say that the fucking like a paranormal satanic movie yeah. end of days is significantly more entertaining than this and i have that movie rated lower and i bet if i rewatch it i might like it more <laughs> than this yeah uh yeah just a very bland movie um and i don't know if it would have been any different had 911 not occurred like I don't know if like the original cut would have been any better. Who knows? But yeah, doubtful, impossible to yeah. say. Yeah, but yeah, uh, probably not. I probably mean, not. I don't. I don't really think this is Arnold like at the peak of his powers or anything. This is kind of he, he's in stinker mode where mm-hmm. <laughs> where all of his movies were kind of bad. So yeah, like well, it seems like they were kind of phoning this one in because like in the like making of thing on the Blu-ray they like. Oh yeah, he wasn't here for this. He wasn't here for that. He yeah. wasn't here for this. So he was just probably filming other movies. Well, and, and he just, clearly like, was in. on his way towards his political career. And yeah, yeah. He clearly had other aspirations. So truly, this was just a paycheck for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can tell, uh, like he's not really, he's not really doing a lot. And I know Arnold is not like a great actor, but there is. Def- there are definitely levels to Arnold performances, and this is a, a lower tier one. Yeah. So I suppose it's like a somewhat competently made action thriller. But... It's not really though. <laughs> Those effects are pretty bad. Yeah, the effects are bad. It, I mean, it, it all tracks, I guess. Yeah. Like, but it's still nonsensical, like yeah. you said, yeah. because he's just a firefighter. Right. So even though like the stuff they're doing like makes narrative sense, mm-hmm. it's still like doesn't really make sense because of the premise is so silly it's a largely so. actionless action movie yeah, yeah. there isn't a ton of action <laughs> he, he doesn't yeah. fire a gun at all yeah he doesn't right? fire a single yeah. bullet <laughs> yeah 
Uh, so there's worse movies out there, but yeah, it's not good. So I think D's all around, right? Yep, D's all around. Yeah. D's. Um. Well, all right. So let's let's get into the the box office stuff. Yeah. First. Uh. So. <laughs> This movie has a crazy budget for what it is, mm-hmm. um, especially seeing the end result. Uh, this movie had an $85 million estimated budget, wow. hmm. which is, I think, easily the highest budget of any movie we've talked about so far on this show. Probably. Andrew. Wait, Snow Dogs is under that? <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Um, um, so $85 million. I don't think I don't think we've had anything at that level yet. No, I don't. I don't think so. I'd have to like double check, but I'm pretty sure we have not. Yeah, no. uh, not yet. Definitely not yeah. yet. Uh, I mean, we're starting to get into more, you know, high, more higher budget like things, but not as of this point. That's the highest. Um, so uh, it opened uh, February eighth, of course. That's mm-hmm. the same weekend from. Uh, Last week's yeah. episode where we talked about... Um, yeah. Uh, Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar, yeah. yes, of course. Uh, and I think we should also say that we are recording this on February 8th. That's right. February 8th, 2022. So this is the... the 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary of Collateral Damage. Yeah. So... So this is... Happy anniversary, we, Collateral yeah. Damage. Yeah. Yeah, we, happy we, anniversary. We recorded on a Tuesday instead of like a Wednesday, specifically for this reason, yeah. which is so stupid. But, <laughs> you know, we did it. Um, yeah. It's Gordy Brewer Day. Yeah. It's Gordy Brewer Day. We don't yeah. know what you get for your 20th anniversary, but we'll, uh, we'll yeah. send it over. Uh, so this movie opened at number one uh, at the mm-hmm. box office that weekend. It made about $15 million, so I guess decent opening. Uh, but it only ended up going on to gross like 40, 40 million dollars, yeah. basically even here in the States, mm-hmm. added another 38 million internationally. So it only made 78. Yeah. So it didn't it's make still its budget. under yeah. budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think this movie scored on Rotten Tomatoes? Now, Travis, I know you, you listen to the show sometimes or try to listen. Thank you for that. Um, you didn't like. No, I didn't. Try to look. I, I knew yeah. not to look okay, at it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We got to start mentioning that yeah. people we, ahead of time. We play a, a guessing game. Yeah. Uh, where do you do you look it up, Dan, or you? I look it up like shortly before we record uh-huh. the show. Okay. Like I, I try. That's like the last thing I do in prep. Because um, I know you make me guess, but I don't know if you know. Uh, I, I know ahead of time, uh-huh. I mean, if there were ever a time where we flipped and I had to guess, I would not look, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I, I do know ahead of time. Yeah. Well, maybe behind the scenes stuff, Andrew already knows them every time. So <laughs> you guys don't need to, <laughs> uh, he looks them up before the show and then he yells that I'm looking it up and I'm fooling everyone. Yeah. Well, I can say that I did not look it up this time and I never look it up. Sure thing. Uh, I mean, I I looked at these back in the day, but I try not to look it up now. Uh, well, okay. Uh, give me your guesses, then I'll throw out some thoughts before sure. I right. tell you. Travis, uh, go I'm going to go uh, 32%. That's kind of in the, the, the realm I was thinking. Because I, I do remember that Eber and Roper liked this 
movie because they gave it two thumbs up. I believe. I do remember that uh, Ebert and Roper liked Collateral Damage. I think they both liked it. I know Ebert for sure did. He gave it three stars. I think that it says like two thumbs up on the DVD cover. But again, kind of like Big Fat Liar, I think that they were uh, kind of outcasts with those opinions. Uh, I think it was a little on the lower side. You, What was your guess, Travis? 32. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say around there. I'm going to say 29. Pretty low, but not like, not terrible. Yeah, not like 5% or something. Yeah. Yeah, so what I will say, um, have I, I knew this, um, at least as of a few hours ago. Um, I, I, I try not to look it up before I watch the movie, because I do like to, even if it's just with myself, kind of, guess what mm-hmm. it's gonna be yeah and i and again i think this speaks to us you know having watched a lot of ebert and roper at that time mm-hmm. i remember critics liking this movie a little more than they did mm-hmm. and, and, and i guess this could have gone down since that time although mm-hmm. i can't imagine a lot of scenarios where rotten tomatoes <laughs> critics would be posting a review for this movie in the last 20 years sure but maybe um so I, I, I was, it was a little lower than, than I thought it would be. It's 19%. So that's wow. pretty wow. low. That is lower than I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, before I, I checked, I was thinking like high 30s, low 40s uh-huh. even. Like, I knew it didn't get good reviews, but I thought that it got... And because at this point in Arnold's career, every movie is kind of treated as like, a possible comeback or a possible return to form because he had such an unbeatable streak there for so long. And then it's just like, I remember when I talked about this before, but I remember when end of days was coming out and it's like, Oh, Arnold's back or whatever. And it's like, that was like three years after yeah. Eraser. That was not even that long of a time period. <laughs> so, uh, I, I remember this movie getting better reviews than it did. But uh, 19%, pretty low. Yeah, it's pretty low. Uh, and then also the Metacritic score, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, any guesses for that? That's out of 100 if you aren't, you know, uh, yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. Metacritic score. Um, I'll probably go 45. Um, and uh, I think, what did I, I said 29 for the yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. I'll say like pretty close to that i'll say i'll say 29 again for metascore and you guys are in the ballpark it's 33 okay um so yeah pretty bad reviews not like awful not like 88 minutes territory we're like single digits but (laughs) 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 yeah but pretty bad right uh that was collateral damage yep all right uh so yeah i think we talked a lot about yeah. Collateral damage. Uh, talked about 9-11. Talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Talked about Andrew Davis. Uh, yeah, is there anything else we want to hit on before we... I think we talked about a lot of things for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he does say collateral damage in the movie, which I did not remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, because uh, after his family is killed, uh, a... Uh, uh, a journalist goes on TV who is like uh, 
uh, like kind of what like a like a leftist. Yeah, he's like pro uh, the Colombian. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like a revolutionary. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like sympathizes a little bit. And then with... Arnold fucking destroys his office. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the reporter is like, "Well, yeah, some innocent people died, but that's collateral damage." Yeah, and then he's an anti-imperialist guy. Yeah. And then Arnold takes exception to that because of his family. Yeah. So Arnold goes and <laughs> destroys. How does for some collateral damage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he like. Takes what, like a golf club or a baseball bat yeah, to the baseball like bat, a baseball yeah. bat, yeah. To all the computers in the office and destroys and he's like, Ah, how's this for collateral damage? <laughs> uh the last thing I wanna hit on before we end this uh-huh. is the hardest I've laughed in weeks. Uh-huh. And that's the trailer that's on the dvd for this yeah let's yeah let's set this up a little bit so we we all watched this movie together last week Mm -hmm. and then after the movie ended we were like well let's watch the trailer and the the trailer like opens (laughs) opens with some scenes or some some shots of like Gordy's life before the the bombing happens. And well, it's it's the scene where the bombing happens. Oh right, when it's, he arrives. Yeah, and his wife and kid are waving at him. Yeah, they're like at the uh, like the patio outside of the Colombian consulate. Yeah, uh, and the kid. Uh... <laughs> it's dubbed. It's it, dubbed. Yeah, it's... like the. The trailer, like, it is edited in such a strange way and uses the the kid's audio from, I believe, a different scene. It may not even be that I kid. Think, yeah, I, don't I don't think, think yeah. I and, think that could even be an adult doing a kid yeah. voice. It's so weird. Sounding. But it's the kid waving to Arnold and he says, hi, daddy. Uh-huh. But he says it in a very bizarre way. And hi, daddy. He says it like that. <laughs> Travis, you want to lean in and say it again? Hi, Daddy. <laughs> it's like an ASMR video. I, I, uh, it's such a strange... I, sh- yeah, I clipped it. It's on my phone. I'm okay. going to post it when I post the show. Yeah. Because I posted it on Twitter the other day because I, I had to get a clip of that because it made me laugh so much. Yeah. Um, it's so <laughs> bizarre. It's and, very weird. And that wasn't even the reason we watched the trailer. We watched the trailer because... There's this line in the movie where Arnold says, thanks for your advice. Yeah. And in the movie, he means it genuinely. He's just saying thanks for your advice to someone who gives him advice on how to, like, break into Columbia. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, in the trailer, it's edited, and it might even be a different take to sound, like, and it wasn't even in this trailer. It was in a different Mm -hmm. trailer. But it's edited to sound, like, quippy. Like, yeah, that's Arnold, like, like... More of a sarcastic quip. Yeah, like, yeah. classic Arnold, like, movie quip. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how it is in the movie. So we just wanted to see that, but this turned out to be a different trailer with that weird kid dub, and mm-hmm. uh, it's very funny. Yeah. So, I guess if you make it to the end of this episode and uh, you check our Instagram, it'll be there. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I haven't looked at how long we've been recording, but I think this is probably one of our longer episodes. Mm-hmm. This is an epic. Mm-hmm. Um, and You're it's, welcome, everyone. Uh, a historic episode, because we have Travis on the show, and it's the 20th anniversary to the date of Collateral Damage, the movie we're talking about. <laughs> and what's also weird, I mean, I guess it 
like sort of makes sense. But this movie came out uh, during the Salt Lake Olympics, and now oh. the Beijing Olympics are currently. Oh wow! Going. So there's Olympics going on yeah. again. Uh, same same weekend. Wow. Uh, and this, I believe, is the only movie that we're going to cover on this show, right? Where it will line up perfectly where it's the 20-year anniversary. I mean, it's possible that, like... <laughs> I think we Depending would... on how long this takes, that we would maybe get... Or, not likely, but, like, it's possible that, like, we don't get to, like, October 2002 until, like, October of, like... <laughs> oh right four yeah you we know? could go so slow that or we 2023 might 2023 yeah. rather like yeah. it's possible that that could happen yeah but as of right now for the foreseeable future this is the closest we'll ever get yeah. to actually recording on or around the anniversary right so this one those will come out after the 20th anniversary but we recorded it on the 20th anniversary right yeah, so that's that's about it for collateral damage. Uh, thank you very much, Travis, for yeah. You got anything to plug for uh, joining us? Nope, nothing to plug. Huh? Nothing to plug. Having a good time. Uh, <laughs> well, you'll be back at some point. Yeah, I'll be back for another episode. Just yeah. want to say patata <laughs> everybody. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Travis. Now I have to post that so people uh, even understand what you're doing and how that's not really even an exaggeration yeah, of what yeah. that sounds like. Pretty accurate. Bye, Daddy. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, well, join us in two weeks for Rollerball. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, in two weeks for John McTiernan's Rollerball. Mm-hmm. Got a couple guests for that Got one. Got a couple guests. It's going to be a good one. Got a four-way. Got a four-way coming. Yeah. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, on uh, iTunes. Um, any other preferred streaming or podcast platform should be available on there. Uh, if for whatever reason you keep listening to this and we're not on a, your preferred platform, I guess just like message me and I can probably get it on there. Uh, I think, I think we're not on Stitcher. Stitcher's mm. kind of an asshole, but I think it, we can get on there if we want to. Uh, other than that, we should be everywhere. So that's about it. All right. Well, that's about it. Uh, Oh, one last thing. Are we going to talk a little bit about the, the poll that we're going to do for uh, a potential Bad News Bears uh, episode. It's like the thing I keep like half-jokingly responding to Andrew about, like hoping he'll just forget about it and drop it. (laughs) And he keeps bringing it up. On on (laughs) mic, no less. Dan's going to keep editing it out of the episodes. It's just like, he texted me about it yesterday, and I saw it, and I just like worked a full day at work. And just, like, by the time I got off, I was like, oh, yeah, I gotta respond to that. And I just responded, like, ha ha, yeah. <laughs> it couldn't have been a more uninterested response. Well, I keep uh, pushing a uh, home video edition episode on the Bad, New- Bad News Bears trilogy uh, that I-, I think we should do. Uh, uh, but we'll, how about we leave it up to the viewers? We'll do a poll. You guys or have the viewers, that. the the <laughs> listeners. Uh, when when did that come out? 
Like uh, what, what day is February? No, no, no. I know. <laughs> the uh, the entire trilogy came out on DVD the Tuesday after the eighth, I believe. Okay, yeah. so we would have to do it after Rollerball. It would be after Rollerball, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to watch two movies for Rollerball, so that's like five movies in like two weeks span. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. Oh, if you yeah. if you think we should do it, hit us up. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess hit us up. Let us know. Uh, I'll try and remember to post something on uh, Instagram about that. <laughs> I'm sure I will definitely do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, and goodbye, everybody. Adios. Toodles. See ya. <laughs>